Hello? Oh, let me just make sure. Phone's See on. that? Psyching you out there. Yeah. I went in. I'm on I'm on silent. Oh, this is episode 19, by the way. We've started. And Jim's on. Jim's 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 checking his phone, telling us what what episode it is. Good evening, Jim. Evening. Andy? Good evening. And Mads. Evening, mate. The most unconventional start to a podcast episode ever. Welcome to Playthrough, episode 19, part four of Kentucky Route Zero. The part that we all have the enlightenment, we all realise what's going on, we wake up, we smell the coffee, don't we? No. Something like that. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Let's see. Maybe. I'm in a positive frame of mind. I'm, I'm on deck. Ready for my my boat trip along the Echo. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad that you're all strapped in with me. As usual with Kentucky Route Zero, couple of couple of little announcements. If you are tuning into Playthrough for the first time and this is the first episode you've stumbled on, do not listen to this episode, please. At least go back to episode 18, 17, 16 would have been yeah. Act 1. Yeah. yeah. So at least go back to episode 16 and listen to that one. So the episodes, they actually have titles. So listeners, the numbers don't mean anything. Just just yeah. look at the title of the episode. <laughs> It'll probably say something along the lines of Kentucky Route Zero Act 1. Did you hear Mads, the computer scientist, say that numbers don't mean anything? Well, that's because we're numbering stuff wrong. I mean, the first episode should have been number zero, and then we should have gone from there. Otherwise, it doesn't it work was, at all. But it was number zero. No, that was, there were three number zeros, wasn't there? No. Was there a number there zero? No, there was three. There were, there were three. What did we call them? Pilot. Th- there was the pilot. pilot there was a zero where we was like chatting. Oh, I oh remember that. That was just introduced. That was the infamous waffle. That was the infamous yeah. waffle yeah. episode. Yeah, waffle. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I'm on board. Then can can we at least do it in binary? Then <laughs> <laughs> we were foreshadowing Kentucky Route Zero by our episode zero, weren't we? I think mm. there was yeah. definitely a bit of foreshadowing going on there. So, guys, let's get into it. We've got a lot to cover as usual. But before we do that, breaking news as now this section I've decided is christened. Mads, what's your breaking news from the past couple of weeks? My breaking news? Nothing really, mate. Nothing really. Yeah, actually, just to. I actually wanted to troll Jim a bit, so I picked up Slay the Spire. Just uh, wanting to have a look at it and see whether that was something we needed to play in the playthrough. I don't um, think we do, Mads. I think uh, you've, you've got that covered. I'm sad to say, Jim, we don't need to play that, so uh, yes. that, that won't be my next game. Won't be my next game, but it's uh, very addictive and quite quite good fun, actually. So, uh, yeah, I'd recommend people pick that up if they're into card games at all. It's really, like really simple. Gathering? Once again? Is it like Magic the Gathering? Uh, yes and no, mate. It's a lot, lot simpler. If if Magic the Gathering is chess, then this would be like Uno if you have that game. You do, okay. don't you? Yeah. It's really, really easy. Uh, and it, every single battle is 30 seconds, something like that, maybe a minute if it's long. And and you earn another card every battle almost. So so you, you learn your cards. You start out with just 10 of them. Five can do some damage. Five can... Uh, can uh, defend and 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 that's it and then you earn new cards along the way you read okay now i have this card it can do this and then you go on like that and until you have a at the end a 40 card uh, deck perhaps 
Okay. But it's uh, it's great fun. I think I I found out that maybe I have I've been I played Magic back in the day and I've played a lot of these card games. So maybe I have a knack for them because um, my my very first playthrough I just wanted to try it. it took me about a, an hour and a half, maybe two hours, and I was at the the end boss at Act Three, and okay. I actually beat him. But he has this trick where he fully heals after you beat him, and then you have to beat him once more. And oh, I got God. him down to maybe a fifth of his health there. That's when I died. And and only many many hours later, I've been playing this while I've been traveling. Did I figure out that that was actually the end of level boss, the end of game boss? So so my on my very first playthrough, I got I almost beat the game. No way! <laughs> but isn't it? There's more to it though, isn't it? Because isn't it? Isn't it elements of roguelike where you can then go back in? There's loads of post game stuff. I think. Um, not really, mate. Uh, well, that's there's, there's nothing the, uh, that you... carries over. Nothing carries over at all. You unlock stuff, right? So you unlock new playable characters, for example, uh, and they right. have completely different uh, decks. So so completely different sets of, of uh, cards to play. So if you are into magic at all, listeners, it'll be like switching to another color uh, entirely. Mm-hmm. So completely different play style between the three different characters. And that's quite cool, actually. But uh, apart from that, nothing carries over. Uh, you, you don't keep anything. You start from scratch everything single time. And uh, the only after game or whatever you want to call it, content that there is is there is called the daily climb, where okay. there are some modifiers set to the game, and then you can play it. And I tried that yesterday because I thought, okay, I'll, I'll see if this is fun. Then maybe I'll keep keep playing it. But that was, I mean, that was just the just the same game with tiny modifiers. I beat it. Mm, My first attempt at the daily climb, I beat the the entire game once more. So so that's that's not for me. I, I won't be doing that again. It was, and, and I was doing it right before bedtime because I thought if you have like a daily challenge, it would be a 10, 15 minute thing, right? Mm. But that was a, an hour and a half play session to beat the game again. <laughs> oh God. Mm. Yeah. So the editor of Edge magazine is up to about 3,000 hours of play, Slay the Spire. Yeah. No way. It is, it is very, very addictive. So I I could understand that. For me, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna play through it with the other two characters that I haven't finished it with, just because yeah. the the card cards are quite fun to play with, and it's a good the mo- for me. It's a mobile game. I'm playing it on my iPad, so I've been yeah, traveling yeah. Uh, traveling a lot for work. So that's when I've been yeah. been playing this. Well, you're welcome for the recommendation. No worries. Mm, yeah, it's really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> it's one that I've always wanted to play, but I've not got to yet. Yeah. One day, one day. Mr. Gilmore, breaking news. What is it? What's new? So, what have I been doing? Well, I was back at work, obviously, a fortnight ago now, I think, wasn't it? That was down we met in, in person, didn't we? We did, yeah, 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 which was absolutely awesome. Um, it transpires. In real life. Yeah, exactly. We do <laughs> exist. Um, <laughs> it transpires at a hotel that I go down to for my training that I've been using for the last God knows how many years. It's about five minutes away from uh, Chris's office. So uh, we were able to get out, meet up for a beer and a curry, which was pretty magical, to be honest. Absolutely lovely. Yeah. Really, really nice. Yeah. Uh, Cracking yeah. Yeah, put a whole new slant on me being down there as well. So that was great. That was really nice. Um, Beyond that, I have been spending probably far too much time hitting refresh buttons on various um, arcade forums trying to find (laughs) a cabinet. So uh, I was telling Chris that I came very close to buying, uh, well, actually, when we left it, Chris, I said I was actually going to buy it. Uh, there was oh, you a, didn't? No, no, no. Oh there my was, god! <laughs> there was there was a very nicely. Um, it's a shame actually. So there was a guy who was I think had looked to open an arcade business that I think had gone. I think he looked to start about eighteen, about two years ago, eighteen months ago. I think he was looking to put an arcade business 
to open a new place and bought a whole load of cabs, etc. But obviously, because of all the the impact of the last eighteen months with the delays and the costs and all this sort of stuff, he just it wasn't feasible financially feasible to get it off the ground. So he ended up having to sell off all his cabinets. Um, oh, I think okay. he'd kept one for, yeah, it's pretty rubbish. I think it'd been pretty heartbreaking for him. But he'd kept a, a really, really nice um, SNK Super Neo Twenty Nine for himself, um, which was he'd kind of got about, I guess probably actually 90% of the way through the restoration of it. Um, it was pretty much in perfect condition. Um, but the only downside to it was, well, number one was the cost, which I think was probably fair for what you were getting. But the downside for me was the fact that um, it hadn't been reassembled and tested since it had all been taken apart. Um, and he was basically just looking to move it on. So it was just too much of a gamble to spend the amount of money that it would have ended up costing and get it shipped all the way up here, put it together and find out that there's an issue with it. It would just be absolutely heartbreaking. So yeah. um, I used my, most unlike me, I used my head rather than my heart on that one and uh, held off on that sale and thought, I'll wait till I can find something similar that um, I know is 100% working. I think if you're spending that sort of money and particularly for your first one, you want to make sure that yeah. you've got something that's working. Um, yeah. But uh, yes, that was uh, that. So that that was a wee bit of an, an anticlimax in the end. Um, You'll get one in the end, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. It just I think it seems to be a case uh, from chatting to quite a few guys on these various forums. It seems to be the case that uh, that patience is the name of the game. But I, I think unfortunately, it's almost like retro consoles all over again. I'm getting a horrible sense of deja vu here, where I think it just arrived too late on the scene to be honest um it seems no, to be the case i well i think certainly from a few guys on the forums it seems to be the general consensus i think the prices have gone up quite substantially over the last mm. few years but i think at this point particularly um there's a bit of a kind of uh, maybe some artificial inflation on all the prices because i think uh there's there's very few of these a lot of these arcades so it's basically a japanese candy cab that i want Something like a, a, you know, like an Astro City, a Blast City, one of the SNK cabinets. Um, you get some absolutely brilliant ones, but I think a lot of the stuff that would normally come across from Japan isn't, or really hasn't been coming across. I think shipping mm. costs are astronomical and have been for the last year or so. So I think all this mm. stuff is still sitting across in Japan, waiting to come across. So um, there's a bit of an artificial drought on it at the moment, and it seems to be the case. There was another one that came up for sale. Um, I think it was actually you, you. I think it was you that gave me the, the web address for this guy. Um, you know that. Um, is it Ronnie, the guy, uh, our clock? Um, I think it was you that told me about him, Mads, the guy yeah. in the Netherlands. Mm. Uh, so I signed up for an email notification from him and uh, Sega Astro City, which is one of the ones I would love to buy, popped up. And it looked actually to be in reasonable condition. But there was just two photos of it on the email saying, this has just come into stock. So I emailed him right back and said, can you give me you know, just a wee bit more information? I just had about five questions. And uh, he sent me one back saying, it's already sold. Um, oh, and so you know you just and again it wasn't cheap so it's the sort of thing I, I am not confident enough to go and buy to go and spend that sort of money based on two photographs that you know yeah, nothing about so yeah, you know I think maybe yeah. sort of through one of these forums hopefully might be able to find somebody who's uh, will eventually part but I think they were saying at the moment I think people are a wee bit reluctant to part with stuff or to turn stuff over because I think they're worried about actually being able to get replacements themselves you know there might be people who buy one do it up and move it on but yeah, I think yeah. actually being able to yeah. get something afterwards. Um, so the the hunt continues there. Um, so, so the breaking news is there is no breaking news on. <laughs> there is no breaking news. On the um, flip side, though, eventually yes. those those cabs that are sat there will flood onto the market. Yeah, well, hopefully they? they'll be. So yeah, hopefully yeah, they'll yeah. be an absolute glut of them the price that makes it to, to, to drop. 
yeah, and hopefully it might give you a wee bit more choice as well, where you're not having to make a snap decision on something that might not be in the best condition. So yeah, absolutely, that's kind of what I'm pinning mm. my hopes on. So um, you, but- <laughs> you need to be quick though if you want to pick one of these up. I, I actually bought from Ronnie on those two pictures. Actually, the pictures were one of them. I remember one of them was a picture of like four or five cabinets with an arrow drawn in. It's this one. <laughs> yeah, this is, the other this one is was one the here. same yeah. cabinet from the backside because he thought yeah. there was a bit of rust damage there, which was nothing i thought so uh yeah yeah well in fairness having since asked around on the forum and um, there's quite a few folk who have bought from him and have said mm-hmm. they've actually had really positive experiences it seems to be the yeah, case that too. you know condition wise everybody's saying that his cabinets are sort of seven eight out of ten as mm-hmm. they arrive so i yeah. think where i want to pop up now i would feel more confident but i just didn't at that point because it said uh, that was the first one i'd seen from him so, so what's um, the price yeah. these days then these less days. than uh, that was uh, euros. Oh, geez. I mean, it's uh, so that was thirteen fifty before shipping. Wow, that's twice the price I paid. I paid. So that's what everybody on the forums have been saying. Yeah, oh, most folk okay. were saying you were looking at about sort of seven eight hundred, um, yeah. even just a, a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, and I obviously if you're I, buying I paid like uh, seven fifty, and that was shipped delivered to my yeah. door. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So yeah, that's the downside to it at the moment. But you know, it may well swing back the other way. I don't yeah. know. Um, okay. Yeah, that is expensive. the other thing. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it needs to be right. Uh, mm. The other thing before I forget was I, I don't know if you guys have heard about it or not, but just my recommendation for something to watch outside of gaming. Um, you guys kindly bought me on Stranger Tides the book for my um, for my birthday. I've been getting really into. So I finished out like with a real craving for more more pirate based things. And uh, have any of you guys watched? Have you watched Black Sails at all? No. No. Oh, oh I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, really good. So that's my recommendation. <laughs> it's like G- Game of Thrones on the high seas. So a TV series then? Or a yes. A series. It's okay. a TV series. Yeah, I think there's four or five seasons of it. But okay. uh, yeah, it's really, really it good. It does look good. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. It does look good. Yeah. Good one. Good recommendation. We like recommendations. Yeah. There we go. You hear it. You, you probably didn't hear a hair for here. here no, I think, it's been, I think it's been out since like 20. Oh, God knows. Uh, it's you, did, you did hear a hair at yeah. least. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Middleton. Mm. Jim. Breaking news. Any? When you said that, I actually thought you'd got some like breaking news that had just come out. I was like, "Well, excited!" No, but, uh, it's it's just it's just us, it you know. What, what have you been up to? What's your breaking? My news? breaking news? Not a lot, really. Gaming wise, life's been getting in the way of uh, of Jim's gaming. Um, we're just coming towards the end of like this big, massive building project that we've been having going on this extension. So that's been taking time. A little bit DIY here, there, and everywhere. So I'll be in the uh, games room actually. Hopefully next time. Next time we record broadcasting last, live in the games room. That's it. Last time of uh, kicking kicking Kate out of the uh, the lounge to record. <laughs> yeah. She gets kicked into the kitchen, doesn't she? she yeah, 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 yeah. She's on like the table, I think, behind us. <laughs> oh, bless. Um, yeah. Well, so I had a week. We had a week's holiday in Cornwall last week. Um, I think with, with the rest of the UK. Uh, but that was nice. Really lucky with the weather. That was all sunny. You introduced the in-laws to Kentucky Route Zero and said, "Look at this marvelous game mm. that we're playing." Oh, do you know? Do you know? <laughs> they I, all I, sat around the table. Do you know? I tried. I tried to play. I was there. There on my switch in, in handheld, headphones on, and they just kept talking to me. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> "Shut up!" I was fighting a losing, <laughs> a losing battle. It's it's hard enough playing it as it is, let alone when you've got people asking you questions every five minutes and trying to get you to play cards against humanity, which I managed to which I managed to dodge. I managed to dodge well that done. for the week. <laughs> Awful thing. Awful thing. But yeah. Um, 
my breaking news very quickly finished resi 7 Woo-hoo. nice Amazing. man well done um it, it was yeah it's good it's good it's good it's a seven and a half out of ten for me um good enough that i am going to play the dlc the story dlc i've got those now bought those just had a little break i've been playing far too much xenogears far too much i feel like i need to play it also for mads because we are currently playing xenogears for the retro asylum game club for august and september and uh I, I've, I'm, I've just just notched over 40 hours uh, last night, went into the 41st hour of gameplay, coming to the end of disc one, and uh, it's one of my favourite games of all time, there is little doubt. I, For all its flaws and everything that it does wrong, I just absolutely love it, and uh, I'm really looking forward to talking about that later this month, September, with Mads, and... Uh, Really, that's it. Too much Xenogears, a little bit of Burger Sign, which is our high school competition over on Retro Side. That's tough, isn't it? It's really tough. For <laughs> yeah, I've had a little go, yeah. Mm. Didn't, didn't, didn't do very well. I think it was like 9,000 or something like that. It's not, yeah, really tough. The score, scores are already almost 100,000. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's impressive. Unbelievable. Mm. And some people really do just get these things really quickly. Yeah. But, uh, it is quite nice actually playing a game on on my cab. So now that that's up and running. Oh yeah, of course you're playing it on the cab. Nice, yeah, oh, wicked, ah, the brilliant. Yeah, I've, I've, I can. So my joysticks are my joysticks in eight 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 way at mm. the moment, and it does have a switchable gate. Okay, I just need to Google how to do it. So you could really Burger Sam needs to be played on a four way yes, joystick. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, I've struggled I've had, a bit with my eight way uh, stick. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm ahead of you, Mads. Yes, you are. That's good. With what we like i'll, I'll like. get there in the end so no worries <laughs> um final bit of breaking news is we we've got our accommodation booked i've i've bought tickets anyway i i have for arcade club on the october the 30th and 31st it's a celebration partly for mine and andy's 40th birthdays we celebrated our 40th birthdays last last month on the same day jim's 39th birthday retro asylum's 10th birthday and the first UK appearance at one of these events by Mads. Yes. Please. So <laughs> in the flesh, unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, he's been so. flying in by private jet, being whisked by <laughs> helicopter to <laughs> land outside Arcade Club. Yes. Exactly. Got my, my private so, Ryanair jet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ryan the pilot. But it, it's an open invitation to anybody who just wants to come and hang out over that weekend. Mm. There'll be certainly a good few of the Retro Asylum Discorders going down there. Dean, Steve, unfortunately not Matt, but Dean and Steve from Retro Asylum will be there. Chris O'Regan is, is going to be there from Kane and Rince. Oh, that's nice. And uh, Yeah, hopefully we will uh, see if we can get some of the the Retro Gaming Discuss Daily Show, whatever it's called, RGDS. We'll see if Drisky can, can get over there as well. So hopefully it'll be a... Uh, Paul Monaghan's going to be there from Maximum Power Up. Yep. And uh, yeah, it should promise us just to be an absolutely cracking weekend. We, we can't really wait. To yeah, it. it'll be awesome. So uh, do come and uh, do come and hang out with us if you've got the time, or you're in the area, or want to want to make the trip. It'd be really good to see everyone. Right, we're cracking on. You ready? No seagull news. No, no kind of news from Alan or no. <laughs> well, I you're falling asleep at eleven o'clock. <laughs> do not blame me. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll t- there, there is just one funny story here because uh, I actually took a I took a screenshot of it here because uh, so this is from uh, my daughter. She goes to nursery a couple of days a week, and uh, 
they we get like through Microsoft Teams, you get just a daily report on what they've been up to, and it just has a few photos and a few stories as to what the day entailed. Uh, I'll just read this out here. So, um, uh, Yes, so this is just a few of the other kids. Um, Freya, Anna and Ozan had a turn on the big swing, with Freya using her big muscles to help push her friends around. Wee, we're going so fast, said Anna. We then headed back to nursery, and on our way back, we saw a seagull standing on top of a car. Look, it's Alan the seagull, Anna said. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he gets around. Anna, yeah, but now any time, so Anna now thinks that every seagull's called Alan, which is perfect. Makes yep. sense. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I think he's actually he's been a busy boy as well, actually, because uh, we have been getting woken up at all hours with uh, on our next door neighbours uh, chimney pot. There's a there's a there's a new arrival. Um, so I think uh, I think Alan's been out doing the deed by the looks of things because uh, his, uh, <laughs> the numbers Alan. are increasing. <laughs> yes, yes, he's dirty, Alan. So, uh, he's, dirty he's, Alan. He's, he's he's strutting around looking like a happy man at the moment. Fluffing his feathers, do they? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I've never seen a pigeon, you know, doing the thing. Pigeon? Seagull, Chris. What about seagulls? seagulls? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they the same thing? No. Oh, man. Is he a seagull or a pigeon? He's a seagull. He's a seagull, seagull for Christ's sake. <laughs> Do you know pigeons are some of the most intelligent animals in the world? Mm. Scousers are. aren't, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be some kind of ist. <laughs> I want a reprimand, please. I'm offended. Yeah, well. I'm, I was born offended. <laughs> Joe, I've dis- I, Jen says I'm a misanthrope. Do you know what a misanthrope is? I miss- no. Someone who, who despises other human beings. Mm. Really? She says I've become so miserable in my in my middle age or my impending middle age that she says I'm a misanthrope. Mm. It's hard not to at times in this country. I think sometimes something <laughs> yeah. you, go, you just despair. I, I, I said you try being from Liverpool. <laughs> See what kind of effect that has on you. No, I love my I love my home city. Don't send me hate tweets, please. <laughs> um, I'm at, at MadsDK on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's crack on. Yes. Before we get to Act Four, here and there along the Echo was the preceding interlude yeah. to Act Four, uh, released October the thirtieth, twenty fourteen. That was just well, not long after Act Three, and almost two years before Act Four, which, given the way it set up Act Four, just seems really weird. When I literally finished here and there along the Echo. And immediately starts at Act Four, but yeah, people would have had to wait two years. Yeah, you really need to play interviews. this just before playing the act. I think so. Mm. Yeah, it's quite cool the way the way they released this. So they they released it on the Kentucky Route Zero website, and there was a picture of a postcard of showing the Echo River, like a touristy postcard, and and next to that, or on that postcard was it was a telephone number, and on the website they. They had a link to what they called uh, dialing software. You can download dialing software next to this postcard with a telephone number on. They didn't. When you downloaded the the software, you got the phone, which we would have seen, or you may have seen different phones because that does differ. But you will have seen this. Uh, you will have seen a a phone, uh, and then you wouldn't have had the number. So it was only later they patched into the interlude telephone number near the phone so you knew what to dial mm, cool when it was originally released you had to work it out for yourself what number you had to dial would have been lovely if they actually had a real dial-in service at that point well, well they did they did 
So you didn't need they to use did. your computer. You could have used your well, regular phone. You you wouldn't have you wouldn't have listened to what we listened to. Okay. But you could dial in. Mm. And actually there is a point in Act Four when you hear some of the messages that people who actually did dial the number left. Yeah, I, I read that. Yeah. We'll we'll come on mm. to that. Yeah, that is quite cool. So what what happens in here and there along the Echo? You're presented with a telephone. The colour and type of telephone does differ depending on what you've done in previous acts and your choices, Uh, apparently. I don't know too much about this, but there are guides out there. If you Google it, you will see that there is about four or five different phones. There's a black one, a pink one, a modern-looking one. And depending on kind of how you've interacted, how some of the choices you've made will 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 change the the phone. You got. I seem to I got this kind of yellowy, old fashioned looking phone. Yeah, I seem to remember. I mean, sort of beigey, yeah, yeah. A beige, creamish, yeah. And it was old fashioned, but they're all kind of whatever you used to call those. The kind of I like, want to say mine dial was on them. like bluish, but I'm not sure. There are different ones. There are different ones. Okay. If you look, have a look at the uh, wiki, the uh, it's called the Consolidator Power Wiki, Kentucky Route Zero Wiki. You can see a guide there. I won't go into all the details, but you'll see a guide of what the different phones, what you have to do to unlock the different phones. They did actually auction off some of these phones as well. Have you heard about this? No. So they, they did actually auction off real-life phones that were based on the phones in the interlude. They were selling for like $250, $300. (laughs) And actually on YouTube, there is an unboxing where someone had bought one. And uh, I think all the proceeds went to charity. Someone had bought one and and unboxes it, which again is... uh, It almost kind of leans into that whole thing that this game is kind of almost like an installation art piece in itself. and Almost like transcends a game, doesn't it, in in some ways. Um, the interlude itself is is literally you call up. It is an automated tourist information line run by the Bureau of Secret Tourism, and it's a guide to places along the Echo River. Uh, completely automated, a multiple choice system where you press the buttons to correspond with various options, uh, and and really it's a guide to some of the places that we're going to be seeing, some of the things that we're going to be seeing in Act Four when we actually get onto the Echo River. Have you guys got any thoughts, anything you want to say or share about the interlude? How did you find it, Mads? I absolutely love this. I, I was <laughs> totally well. sold. I mean, it was brilliant to my to my mind. It's 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 weird, it's quirky, and you hear about these different places, and when you play the act later on, I mean, a lot of the stuff that was told yeah. in this little audio tour of uh, of the Echo made no sense while they were being told to you. But it ties beautifully into the story, and and I'm, I was just a sucker for the, uh, the the totally loopy, crazy stuff. Like um, yeah. some part of the menu, it's say press one to hear more about the local cuisine, press two to yeah. get information about the flora and fauna, press three yeah. if you're holding a snake, press four <laughs> if, and of course I would immediately press three. I'm holding a snake. Let's see what's happening there, <laughs> and and then it will guide you. There'd be a whole little spiel about the whole holding a snake and why you're holding the snake, and it it became like a psychoanalysis of of you yeah. instead of. Uh, being about the the tourist guide and 
uh, I was I was totally sold. But I, I did yeah. one thing that that uh, I, I very quickly you figure out that there's nothing going on on the screen here. Um, it's it's just you and and the phone and these numbers. Yeah, you don't even need to look at the screen. No, so I. I after five minutes, I closed my eyes and actually, I, I, I just had a lie down on the on the yeah. on the desk just to be completely relaxed and, and in the dark and just listening to this voice. He's got this beautiful, nice, uh, silky, yeah. soft voice. So, and I really loved his accent as well. So I just rested my uh, my right hand on the keypad of my keyboard, so I, I could I wouldn't even have to look at it. I knew where the numbers <laughs> were and didn't just just enjoy this half an hour of uh, entertainment. And it was brilliant to me, brilliant. His his voice sounds like you know one of those mindfulness uh, exactly apps that yes you can he's got that yeah. kind of quality yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but but uh, a, a, a bit like that and a bit like uh, a cross between that that therapist and a hillbilly something like that yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of the really kind of, uh, some of the play things that it's very poetic as well mm. you know one one of the things you know you can one of the options is historical sites yeah. You know, and one of the sub options in there is for forgotten places. Mm. Press two for the monument to something that we don't remember what it is. I mean, for the monument to something that we don't remember what it is. Mm. You know, it's it means nothing, but no. it, it is very poetic. Another one that that got me as well is restless places. Yes. A list of the places where people can't sleep. Yes, a list of the places yeah. where people can't sleep. <laughs> Hmm. there's a funny line in there where he says uh, people can't sleep where I'm sleeping because I'm all arms and elbows yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and, yeah and along the, the way uh, I think four times along the way they'd uh, give you extension numbers to dial if you had something yeah. to say about something and, and I, yeah, I wrote those wanna, down you want to notify different water was one yeah yeah it? exactly so I wrote those yeah. down and of course uh, called all of those afterwards to see what was there so <laughs> <laughs> yeah anything yeah well some of it was actually they wanted you to like catalog different water as you said and um there was something hmm i forget First memory if, was if you one, cannot sleep there was a, an extension to call there as well and yeah. i i forget why it, maybe that was collecting information about places where you, you could rest i'm not i'm not sure but they all led to you reporting on something really um so it would yeah. say leave a message and, and you'd have That's to right. leave a message yeah yeah yeah. Did you get what the one about learning the language of bats? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, That's this the is guide the, kind to of... the guide to unfamiliar sounds, isn't mm. it? Yes. Yeah. And did it ultimately lead to a point where you were just sitting listening to insect sounds? And yeah. Yes. And I think yeah. I mean I sat there for a good probably five minutes, and I guess I saw you had to hang up. Is that right? No, it does. No, it does. It, it does stop. It does stop at some does point. It? It's the same with the music. Yeah. Uh, there is some music that you're listening to at some point, and it's if okay. you are hearing organ music, press. Three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and it, it plays it for like, like a full minute, a full minute. Yeah, and then if you at least then, then he asks you whether you like that or and if you say you like it, oh, let's hear it again. <laughs> then it plays <laughs> the whole okay. thing once more. <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, there were parts about this that kind of made me chuckle, but. That was about as good as it got for me, to be honest. It was, he I didn't. think, no, it just didn't do much for me. I think it was after, because this was probably a two-week break that I think I had, or maybe a week yeah. or 10 days before I came back to it. And I don't know what it was. I think maybe, as you say, I think probably if I played the prologue and another time and then I'd come into Act 4, 
I might have had uh, maybe a slightly different impression, but it was just uh, for whatever reason. I sat down and I was in a really positive frame of mind. I had to day to myself or whatever. <laughs> there was no, it. there was no time pressures. I was like, right, I'm just going to take my time and enjoy this. And sat down. And it was almost my heart sank almost right away when I realised that this was what you were going to get. That you were basically sat here with the telephone, and I was just going to be working my way through these different numbers. And I don't know. I, I think for me, and there's, I've got positive things to say about this game, definitely. But I think for me, this was probably it became apparent to me very quickly and I think it's becoming more apparent each time or it's becoming more apparent quicker each time that I play it now. Is it for, It's just not the type of game that I like, I don't think. I think there's just, there's just not enough of, there's not enough of a game in it to, I, I think, I, I think I've got a very short attention span. I think that's becoming very apparent is that um, this part particularly where there was nothing kind of, no kind of visual stimulus as such that it's just, you're listening to a lot of recorded messages. It, um, I kind of, I, I definitely felt my mind starting to wander each time, and then it would be the odd bit that would come up with, that would get my attention. It would either make me chuckle or, but oh, that's actually quite interesting. But then um, I was just finding it quite hard to, for it to keep my attention. There wasn't enough there for that. I don't think. Um, what about you, Jim? Same as Andy, really. I was a little bit. There's a lot of waffle in there. Isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a little bit so you know after like episode uh, act three finished and it it felt like the the story was kind of going somewhere and yeah. it felt it felt yeah. all right right here we go we, we're getting somewhere now and then and then we're into this and this lasts for like half an hour and by the end of it i was just like ah oh, this is the from, this is when it's at its worst for me which obviously that's that's like for me, really, like that—that's like down to me. Like, like you said, Andy, there's not enough gameplay in there, and there's not the reward from that 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 instant story. If that makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah, I get it. I yeah, so I find it a little bit frustrating by the end, and in the end, I think the option that I chose was I hung up and I decided to go to a bar. Which pretty yeah, much, yeah. which pretty yeah, much right. summed up, summed it up. And it, by the end of it, you can, you know, there's there's a bit at the end where you're on the boat with the bats, and so you can see, you can go back to it, and you can see where where it relates to later on in the act. Mm. But whilst actually playing it, I found it just a bit yeah, frustrating. Like I wanted to get back into the story. Mm. Mm. Andy, were you going to say something? Or? No, it was just exactly that. Just pretty much verbatim what Jim said. I, that was exactly my feeling. I said I, I thought it was quite telling where um, I find it probably less so now is it quite often when you get the, the chance, particularly on this section, where you've maybe got the chance to go off and do... Basically, as soon as you get the option to progress, I'm just going for that because there's <laughs> not... I just don't feel kind of motivated enough to kind of to go off and explore yeah. or, or on this I'm talking about this interlude I didn't feel yeah, I didn't yeah. feel motivated enough or inspired enough from what I'd kind of seen or heard to to go off and route yeah. around all these these I think maybe I don't know what it is maybe it was bringing triggering some sort of PTSD from all these um the, uh, these kind of like uh, automated phone services that you end up trying to you know when you're trying to speak to an electrical th- company or something you end up or sky tv and you're going round and round for hours I think but, it's- uh, yeah I think it's just something little. Like, can you? I don't I can't remember what interlude it was, but it was when we were going around the art gallery, and even yeah, that, like, one. just that little little bit where you're just moving a character from art piece yes. to art piece was just. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was just enough to gamify it, if that's a word. Enough just to keep your interest. Whereas this was just yeah. like, 
like no, I think that's a sticking point through. for me as well. Yep, yep, yep. You're completely wrong. I, I completely rinsed this. I, I think I spent probably 50 minutes, maybe an hour on this little interlude, and I completely rinsed every part of this. And I by far prefer this to being stuck on some kind of like that's uh, getting out of the uh, the university from in The Last of Us for uh, 45 minutes because I kept losing the battle. I'd much yeah. rather spend 45 minutes with this than just being frustrated by you know, tacked on gameplay to a story I'd rather just watch. Mm. Play on easy. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yes, of course, <laughs> easy, Andy. <laughs> I do completely get where you guys are coming from, Jim and Andy, but on this one, I do agree. I do agree with Matt. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very, well, I have come to the conclusion that my favorite parts of Contiguous Read Zero are the interludes. Yeah. And the last two interludes have been my favorite parts of the whole game mm. so far. I was completely into this, so much so that I actually listened to some of the things twice. Just because I was, I just found it enrapturing the sound of the voice, some of the things, I, you know, things like list of the places where people can't sleep, you know, the, 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 the organ music, if you're holding a snake right now, it really did. It felt like, I, I went into Act 4 thinking, I feel like it's start, I'm starting to get it. Hmm. You know, because that interlude really did chime with me so much that I was thinking, right, whether it was the headspace at the time, I was thinking, I'm, it is now, it's, I'm starting to feel it. Like, I'm starting to feel it now. And this game, if there's ever a game that you need to feel, it's this one. Yeah. Because, really, there's not a whole lot of mechanical stuff. Well, there's no mechanical stuff going on. There's not a huge amount of coherent plot. So if you don't feel, then you have nothing. And I was, I was feeling it. At the end of this interlude, I was feeling it. I really enjoyed it. Did you guys leave the, f- hang up and just leave the phone to idle? I forget. No. I don't know. I, you... I think I just hung up and decided to go to a bar. Um, yeah. And then you get the boat and then the boat breaks down. Well, if you do, you will hear it rings, the phone rings. Okay. And you can pick it up and there's more stuff there. And it's, this is all very strange stuff. I mean, it's, little bits of static radio but there is one there's about four or five different calls there is one which is a morse code uh, just a a whole series of what sounds like morse code and people have worked out that it is somebody calling the telephone exchange on the echo that we see in act four and there is a there is a a morse code conversation between the operator and, and whoever's calling in dogwood drive is referenced as well nice in that so, uh, but you have to you have to leave it for about two minutes before the phone will ring. So you've got to be you either got to know it's there or you've got to leave it by accident or you've got to be pretty patient. Mm. Maybe yeah, I, I didn't see that. Yeah, <clears throat> little little bit of trivia. Um, okay, so let's get into then Act Four. Act Four released on July the nineteenth, twenty sixteen. That's over two years. So the exponential uh, time gap is coming is coming into play here. It will be four years, almost four years between Act 4 and Act 5. But at this point, there have been two years, plenty of promises from the from Cardboard Computer and plenty of apologies, but ultimately, you know, it takes as long as it takes. There is a huge amount of dialogue in this act, an incredible amount of text to read if you go through, if you get off the boat at every stop. It's essentially... It, 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 it's the longest act, I think, by gameplay time from what I've read. I mean, I, I've seen to have taken forever on, on all of these acts, but this is the longest one from A to B. And I think it's the most linear one as well. 
you have very little control. Yeah. It, you you are ferried in a very straight line along the Echo River. Yes. You don't control the the boat. No, you only control whether you stay on the boat or whether you get off. Yeah. That's right. Mm. So we're going to go through each of the various stops. I got off every time. I'm hoping that at least one of us occasionally stayed on the boat so we can talk about... I stayed on maybe once or twice until I found out that I was actually missing stuff by staying on. And then I I tried to get off every single time. Apart from, uh, in the end, there's some point where you can stay on board to to be the dogs to to like see the interaction between blue and uh, i forget what the other dog was called valkyrie yeah and i was so disappointed because nothing was happening they were just sleeping <laughs> okay yeah i see yeah, it on twice that's not i mean I, that i have no idea what you're talking about with valkyrie so that'll be interesting to see that's just yeah. the uh this the, the the captain's dog on the on the boat there was a dog there as well okay either that didn't register at all with me or i didn't meet that dog okay because I don't have anything on that, no. but I don't. We won't go in, into exhaustive detail about what happens in each of the stops, but we will talk about what each of the stops are and give it a broad overview of, of what happens. Otherwise, we will literally be here for longer than it takes to play the thing. Um, so it opens up on the ferry. We've just boarded the ferry. Act three left off where we we were at uh, the the bureau, the bureau of reclaimed spaces, isn't it? Where yeah. Lula worked. Yeah. And we we were we were told we were given we were told finally where Dogwood Drive is and we were told it's it's along the Echo River and we were waiting for the ferry which takes the the garbage and the mail along the river uh, and Act Four picks up on that ferry the Mucky Mammoth so named for the uh, mechanical mammoth that adorns its its bow yes uh, the very creaky mechanical mammoth yeah. yeah. This act introduces us, and one of I think one of my problems, and I will talk about my issues with it as as we go. One of the problems I think I have with this act is that we are very quickly introduced to quite a few new characters, hmm. and I think it becomes difficult really to really relate to any of them because there is what feels like quite late in the game we're introduced now to these different people, and we are you know feels like we're being asked to relate or empathize with them it's um, no different from when we were at the hall of the mountain king or possibly don't, don't see how that's uh, a huge thing it wasn't for me at least uh, i yeah. quickly got to know them as much as i wanted to know them because it's really our little band of uh, <laughs> brothers and sisters that we want to uh, to follow along with isn't it i mean yeah will and i forget what the captain's name was right now kate yeah kate yeah i kind of uh Irrelevant for the largest storytelling, aren't they? Possibly, yeah. I think Will Will definitely has more involvement yep. in the grand scheme, I think, than than possibly the others. Um, he's the first one that we meet. He's he's doing some work on the on the on the mammoth uh, and Junebug. There's a conversation there between Will and, and Junebug. He oh. says that he's a river rat. Can I stop you? Uh, he ne- There's yeah, one thing we sure. need to talk about that. Uh, I never picked up on in the last uh, episode, last act, and uh, it seems everybody else did, but we didn't talk about it when we recorded. 
Junebug or at least Johnny is a robot. Yes. Yeah. Both. Yeah. 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 They're both androids. Are yeah. they both? Because I, in this act, I, I was really, I, I tried to see what was going on. And whenever Johnny is moving, there's a, a clear, like, robotic sound <laughs> to his walking. But I never, yeah. I never saw it when Junebug was, was there. But, but yeah, they, they're both robots or? Both okay. androids. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I think there's something there about their, their, I hate the word journey, but their journey from, I think they were kind of almost service robots mm. and how they've become to, come to find themselves through this journey. I mean, for a lot of these characters, it's a tale of regression. But I think for there Jim, are more Johnny, uh, service it, robots here in this world. I mean, uh, Conway, is, Conway is definitely just a service robot as well. Yeah. That's his character. He's a robot? No, he's no robot, but he acts like one. I mean, uh, his whole character episode. arc in this episode is very clearly that he's just resigned to the. To, he's always just yeah. resigned to doing what he thinks is the right thing in, in the moment. So he's very yeah. he's hell bent on delivering that damn package uh, in the first couple of acts. Now he's he thinks he's got a debt to pay, so there's no need to yeah. fight that. He's just well, that's that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, the nihilistic transition of conway i mean he he's almost it's almost sad how his acceptance you know and he's almost self-destructing in this episode isn't he with his drinking is out of control yeah, so, so outwardly he's accepting his fate but inwardly not at all because his drinking as you say is out of control yeah 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 hmm. yeah yeah we'll come on to some of the specifics there about what what we see with conway as we go through but that that is definitely right yeah junebug and johnny are androids and that I actually did a bit of reading. I was reading an interview with Ben Babbitt, who was talking about how he how he kind of voiced Junebug mm-hmm. in that tried to give it a bit of a distinctive, made a, made it the robot sound almost female, but with a little bit of a kind of weird robotic tone. Again, I you know I didn't pick it up at all, but it was one of our Discord members who pointed it out to us. Um, I did wonder what that sound was, and now I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never picked up on it. Yeah. So, uh, but but yeah. it's it's really obvious in Act Four, uh, at least yeah, with yeah. Johnny. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Will's repairing the, the the mammoth. He says they just need a mechanic, but there aren't many around. He says, "I think the setting is too romantic. It scares them off," <laughs> which I thought was was quite a sweet <laughs> line. Um, yeah, Will's looks like a you know a kind of a young. A young, hip, and trendy lad who's on is is kind of how I pictured him. The graphics are incredible throughout this whole act. They're just yeah. for me. I mean, yeah, the aesthetic, the game, the aesthetics of the game, irrespective of my my feelings on the game overall, the aesthetics, the sound design, and graphics, particularly in this act, are absolutely wonderful. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I thought that part was fantastic. Yeah, there's this one. Um, I, I love the way that the kind of it the, the rotates around as you move around the boat. Um, and then I love this. Well, actually, the next where we're on the uh, the rum colony place, and then also the at Sam and Ida's restaurant as well. I I, I thought all three of them yeah. looked absolutely brilliant. I really like those. Yeah, 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 I'd agree with that. The um, there's like a little forest area as well where you go mushroom picking. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and then the bit where you're on the boat going through the woods with the bats, yeah, again, stunning. Mm. Yeah. So, how do yeah. they perform on the switch? Just uh, no frame frame drops or anything no. like that? No, okay. no, no, it's fine. I was just wondering because yeah. I played the PC version and I've got a quite a bulky GPU, and at some point my machine started uh, making more and more noise. So I just uh, pulled up some monitors, and my my huge GPU was spending like sixty percent of its uh, processor power 
playing Kentucky Route wow. Zero. So it must be uh, quite uh, shoddy programming. <laughs> yeah, interesting, because I think one, the interviews that I've read with the developers, they wanted to make sure, because obviously there's a huge, in terms of the tech, I mean, the difference between 2013 when Act 1 was released and 2020 when Act 5 was released is huge. Yeah. Mm. But they wanted to make sure that it was the, the demands of each episode didn't really change okay. in terms of the uh, technology demands that were required. Mm. I was just going to say, in terms of consoles, it was where we went from that PS3 360, wasn't it, to Xbox One, PS4. Yeah, it's a huge, huge difference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's on the cusp of PS5 when when Act 5 came out, so it's a big difference. But no, I mean, the performance on the Switch for, that I've experienced has been... And I've I've done a mix of handheld and, and docked, and in, in both modes seems seems to That's work good. really well. The first scene proper then is scene one on on the monkey mammoth. We will have consistency of scenes in this conversation Finally. because there's no there's no <laughs> chance of, of getting extra scenes. Yeah, we're on the monkey mammoth. Um, we control Shannon. We we can wander around the boat here having various conversations. We meet Kate, Captain Kate, uh, who is <laughs> an odd captain, not not your typical uh, tugboat captain, but she uh, she's there. Uh, Will tells us that he he's he record he likes to record stuff, so he's got a a tape that he uh, he he likes to record sounds. And there's a lot you know, it got me thinking about this game. There's a lot of there's a there, there seems to be a real theme about preserving stuff, recording stuff, and then preserving it and keeping it to play it back. I'll touch on some of the other points, but there's a seems to be a real theme about found sounds or found video and. Recording the small moments and preserving little snippets of life is just something I, I observed. Um, Ez, Ez, he gives the tape recorder to Ezra, um, and and he says to Ezra, "Look, you can go around just record, just record sounds around the boat, anything that catches your ear." And he says it really changes the way you listen when you are looking for sounds to record. Uh, I think that's right, isn't it? Almost like us talking about a game like this. It re- it really changes the way you play mm. as well. Yeah, I I really like that line, and it definitely resonated with me. I, 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 not in any way serious, but I, I love taking my camera places when I go. And it's like the difference when you've got your camera on you or not. Is it? Yeah, it you really does look, you look at things. Yeah, you're really looking for yeah. things to photograph, and it, uh, that's exactly as you've got a tape recorder listening for sounds. I, I, I mm. thought that was a good line. Yeah, we also meet Clara, who's a musician. She's come from Lithuania to do a gig along the Echo River, so she's on the boat going to the place where she's uh, she's going to do a a gig. The other thing that struck me about this as well is that this this whole five acts play out over a single twenty four hour period, don't they? And I suppose that's obvious in some ways, but I've never really thought about it. So it starts at sundown with Conway going to the petrol station in Act One, and at this point we're probably somewhere around the wee small hours of the morning. I would have thought. Um, so Clara is on her way to do a gig in the middle of the night along the Echo River, but. Uh, they talk a lot about river time, how on the river time has a very different meaning to what it does elsewhere. Um, again, contrast that with the own river time of cardboard computer and putting out these episodes every few years as well, perhaps. Um, maybe there's a bit of a parallel there. Um, we get this lovely, wonderful effect when we actually go inside the boat. It's similar to in Wack One where the walls of the barn melted away, the walls of the boat melt away, and we see, we see inside, which mm. is very cool. Conway's there. Uh, he's got a beer and he's got an electric arm. Yeah, that's new. 
weird. Yeah, he's, it was uh, just a leg yeah. before, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, so it was, he, he's uh, given up, and he now he now he belongs to the, the, the whiskey company, going. doesn't he? So so yeah. he's just slowly becoming one of the the skeletons or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. He sees them and talks to them in, in this episode as well, where, where the does, others can't no see them. No one else can see them. Mm. Yeah. He allows Shannon one question, uh, and we get a couple of options here. She, she can either say, I thought you didn't drink, or she says, she could say, do you really have to go to work at hard times? Uh, I, I chose that one. Yeah, yeah, do you really have to go to work at hard times? And he says, and I think this is important, and he says, didn't seem so bad, did it? Didn't seem so bad. Mm. And then it's almost like he, he feels he didn't have a choice. He says he has to repay his debt to die with dignity. And he talks about how lucky he is to be given the chance to repay his debt. Yeah. This is surely a commentary on how capitalism will corrupt even, you know, even the best of people in terms of you know, Conway's role in the game. You know, it's almost as Mads has said that he's, you know, he it's so intw- it's so heavy and oppressive this feeling. That he his only option really, and he actually feels privileged to be. I mean, he didn't have a debt to begin with. I mean, he they've manufactured this debt, and now he feels like he has to go and repay it so he can die with dignity. I mean, it's almost to the point where he's been brainwashed to think that. Yeah, yeah, and it's not got the impression that he sort of has become very kind of quite sort of morose and kind of inward looking. And because um, there was a, I think just prior to that, um, Shannon's asking well, when she's speaking to Conway but she asks a question about Ezra and she says um, she said should I be worried or something like that and she's talking about Ezra but uh, Conway answers it and says um, or he instinctively thinks that she's referring to him and he says mm. uh, no I'm fine and she said oh I wasn't actually asking about you I was asking about it. I, I was meaning Ezra um, so yeah again it just kind of gives this indication that it just offers a wee bit of a kind of a defeat you know where he just he just sort of looks and feels like a defeated man in many ways. Yeah, yeah. as I said, outwardly he puts on this role of I have to do this. This is this is my duty. This is what you're supposed to do when you have debt and and so on and so forth. But uh, but inwardly he's of course not happy about this, which is also why he's drinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, so quite self quite self absorbed as well as obviously yeah. you know when she says should I be worried and he just automatically assumes that she's that she's thinking yeah. about him. He's changed. I mean, the character has completely changed. And it, it, it's, it's another little problem I have in that he his change seems so sudden and maybe it was the effect of going to the distillery and it's had this profound effect on him. But it, he is not the Conway from from Acts 1 and 2 at no. all. I mean, he's not at all. You know, he was the quiet, silent type. He was a bit of the... Um, yeah, it's just so different. So different, but, but is he though? I mean, he's still he was back to then. Me, he was he, did. he was obsessed with delivering this package, even though there it was a weird, weird, uh, well, place that he'd got to. It was impossible to find the place. A- anybody would have said, "Okay, screw it. I'm not going to Dogwood Drive. I'm, I'm just going to go home again." But he was obsessed yeah. with fulfilling his task, with doing what he thought was right. And that, that's mm. that's still what he's doing. He's just uh, and at the same time he's resigned to a fate now that is not as happy as he thought he would have have had. Mm. So so starting drinking again if he did drink before makes sense. I mean, for me his his yeah, arc this, is is uh, it fits it works. But all this has happened over a few hours. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, that's yeah. Yeah, some. You know, if my character arc between now and three in the morning changes to that extent, <laughs> and I become a regular <laughs> alcoholic, then oh yeah, you're not the uh, the main character <laughs> in the video game. So. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, we're we're asked. To, well, are we asked to buy into it? I'm not really sure we are. I mean, Conway no. in this act is a complete passenger. He barely features. And, and and really, you know, if you didn't go and seek out the interactions with Conway, you would not see him. You don't control him once in this act. Yep. He he's become a bit part player yeah. in what I thought was his story. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's only maybe gives an insight as well into, or at least hints towards some sort of you know obsessive or compulsive tendencies on his part as well, where. Um, I, I think, as you say, I think there's some slightly artificial timelines that have been, you know, just for the sake of um, river time. Yeah, just to and just to kind of to keep the game moving along. But yeah. you know, obviously, it was kind of it was it was all you know. You tend to find it is people that you know if 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 you if you're struggling with you know with alcohol or whatever, and you you manage to you tend to replace it with another. Ideally, you know, hopefully a healthier obsession, but it does tend to be another obsession, doesn't it? Whether it's exercise or something, and it's almost as though for him, this uh, this delivery was maybe what was yeah. what was keeping him on the straight and narrow. Going, yeah, yeah. He has forgotten about this delivery, though. He's uh, he's now he is all in for the distillery. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, more more on that later. First up, then a gas station. Who got off? I did. I did on this one. Yep. Oh, oh, but just before we get there, so so what what happens after the after the end of that first scene? We end up we end up on a we end up on the river. So we get the the kind of we get a a view of the river very similar to the way we seen the zero in in previous acts. It's got that weird kind of strange, not really there. Clearly, a boat floating along the river. Um, only this time we don't control the boat. That we are we are passengers on this boat amazing sound i love the sound of the zero i adore the sound of the echo i could listen to this i could go fall asleep to this kind of synthy ambient sound i absolutely adore the sound of the echo uh, but really we don't we don't have any agency here we are literally passengers um throughout this whole act as we are going around the echo river we get stories from Will. Will is regaling us. I think it is Will, is it? It is Will. Yeah. Uh, Wilt is telling us stories of some of the inhabitants and some of the, the people who uh, make their lives on, on the river. Yeah. yeah. I think, is it, so, so, is it Will that, I think you ask him a question about his his story and he says he hasn't got one, he just likes listening to, to other people's stories. He says something like, the more you listen to other people's story, the fainter your own stories get. Yeah. Something like that, he says. And he also, there's another good line here, right at the start, which he says, a story gets more true. A story gets more true as it's tossed from brain to brain. Not, I love the fact that the concept of this story getting truer, you know, is, uh, yeah, it's almost Pratchett-like, you know, in that concept of, you know, gods need to be believed in to exist. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to go into any detail on any of his stories unless you guys have got anything you want to pull out, but there are interesting little vignettes throughout the whole of our river trip. Um, some some of which I found, you know, really, really nice and actually did chime with me. Others just didn't. Um, I don't think 
there's any more really to say, unless there's any that you guys want to pull out as we go. We get to the gas station, which is, which is the first stop. I got off. Uh, did anyone stay on? I think I got off no. as well. Okay. Um, not a lot really to say. It's it's a it's a scene at a state at a kind of store. You call it a gas station. There's a few conversations. We get a funny uh, guy called Norm who is yeah. inside the shop. He's waiting for his date, uh, and he says he met her on the computer. Is this has this changed over to scene two now? Yeah, this is scene two. Right. Okay. So I stayed yeah, on the boat. Well said. Okay, cool. Well, I'll come back to you in a sec mm-hmm. to find out what happens on the boat. Uh, so what you so you didn't you didn't miss a lot. I mean, this Norm's a funny guy, and he's been doing makes he he's been doing some online dating. I mean, when is this game set? It isn't. But there's no time. Nah, no, no, date? no time reference to the real world, is there? I don't know. I don't think. I so. thought I didn't we have? To... Didn't we think it was set? Like, I thought it was. Like, I thought it was the eighties. I, th- I, I was thinking like, like with the barn and the car and everything else, sort of like seventies, sort yeah. of. Yeah, but I thought that maybe even slightly earlier. But yeah, sixties or seventies uh, would uh, match with the computers that they had in the uh, yeah. Hall of the Mountain King. But then, on mm. the other hand, in the gas station in the very first act, he's got a modern. Computer that would be eighties nineties. Yeah. Emails been getting email. Yeah. Email, yeah, 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 yeah course, be nineties yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, email is yeah. is well, old, be- of course, but email on uh, personal computers standing in a gas station would probably not be before nineties. Well, Norm's been on Tinder, so he's oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> been swiping right, <laughs> swiping right. So he's waiting for Loretta, and he thinks Junebug is Loretta. Junebug yeah. the Android, so I'm not too sure <laughs> what he's expecting. Well, it's probably fairly representative, but they're completely different to their profile pictures that they've used. He wants Junebug to listen to his bio. <laughs> Big catfish, does he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I haven't really got much else. Has anybody else got anything to say about, about the gas station? No, I, I just quite like the line where he'd put on his ad where he'd written sort of obviously like this quite well thought out blurb that was on his dating on and then it, the final line on it was no goofballs. No goofballs. I think I actually yeah. stayed yeah. on the boat for this one. That was the first stop and I think um, S for is running around the boat uh, recording yeah. sounds instead. Recording the, the sound of the dog sleeping, I think, for example. Okay. Yes, yeah. yep. So is that what you did when you stay on the boat? You control Ezra and you can just go and you can just go and record sounds. You can at least record that one sound. I think that was probably all, wasn't it, Jim? And you get an option to uh, there's like a torn map that you can yes. that you can take. And you, and you I talk think to that Will gets... downstairs uh, about mapping mapping this place. That's it. Yeah, with yeah. regards like a, a dinosaur rock, I think it was. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. And and okay. the, the reason that you need to talk to him about mapping this place is, is that you learn that um, destinations move around on the echo. And they just, uh, you and Kate just figured out that one of the one of the islands was actually not in the place that it used to be. So uh, you need to go <laughs> update the maps. Okay. So the, right. the echo is not like a, a stable environment. Yeah. Okay. And then oh. at some point, Shannon retires to the TV room. Now, is that when you come back onto the boat, and then Scene Three no. picks up? So Scene Three is the rum colony. For me, anyway. Okay, so yeah, same for me. Yeah. So I've got Weaver on um on, on like a, a video for my scene three. 
Oh, interesting. Oh, okay, so, so you see, because there were videos, weren't there, on the boat that we would, I was told about, but never got the chance to go and see. Yeah, so you, you, you put a video into a, into a TV, and uh, there's all these different noises. You don't hear us say anything, it's just humming, but we presume mm. it's, it's Weaver. So you didn't go to the Run okay. Colony then, or? So the Run Colony was the next stop. Yeah. yeah. So I think you must have stayed on board twice then. Yes, yeah, so I stayed on board twice yeah. then. So yeah. I, I didn't oh, get the videos because I wanted to colony? see the Rum Colony, so... Okay. Yeah. Did you not see the rum colony, Jim? No, no. Okay. So the, shame. Colony, the rum colony was yeah. awesome. Yes, I love the rum colony. It was probably the best, the best bit of the act. I probably think. quite an important. Well, I guess maybe an important. Let's <laughs> make Jim feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Jim, you've missed the best bit. Yeah, I had the key game. part of the game in it. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. It's fine. You've now got to have to play Act Four again. No, <laughs> yeah. that's, it. that's it. You need to play this act at least twice. Because every you really, single you time do. you can you yeah. can choose whether you stay on the boat or whether you will, yeah. you you go off and on some adventure, and you need to yeah. to experience it all really. So I'm I'm looking forward to playing it once again. I'll I'll do that soon. Yeah, yeah. There's great music in the Rum Colony. The Rum Colony aesthetic is incredible, Jim. If you've not seen yeah. it, just 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 watch a video of it on YouTube. Yeah. The, the sound and visuals. Of the and Rum I know he needs to are. play it, mate. He needs to play it again and just he do won't all play the other it again, Do you know if you could choose? The scene, yeah, and and go in and play that particular scene. Then I would, but I'm yeah. not sitting through that interlude again. <laughs> Come on, you don't mate. have to play the interlude again to play Act Four. Oh, okay, yeah, I suppose yeah, you can you just can yeah start on out, start on Act Four, yeah. In, but you, th- this this is this is very symbolic of the whole. You know, th- this feels like you know, it almost feels like the scene before the Battle of Agincourt, where you know they're all getting ready for the finale. It's almost like you know this is a bit of. It's the calm before the storm. They're, they're, they're all relaxed. You know, they're in the rum colony. It's a bar. Conway's there. He's got like this. He's got one of these flower necklaces around his neck. He's chilling. He's having a drink. There's a bit of steel guitar playing. There's people just sitting around at a beach bar. I mean, it's so different to the oppressiveness that we've experienced before. Mm. Uh, it's great, you know, and there's 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 loads going on. There's plenty to talk to. They've got this guy called Cyrano, who is uh, who's playing steel guitar up up front, and we can go around. We can collect some tips for him. Um, people from the bureau were there. Did you guys notice yeah, that the were, bureau of reclaimed? Yeah, they were all yeah. there. Yeah, it was yeah, a, yeah. a holiday place for them. Lula isn't though. No. But they talk about Lula. Uh, yeah. And some of the reg- the regulars are moaning about the people who've come down. You know, it's typical of any bar that you go to. The regulars are all moaning about these newfangled people who've just come down just for a just for a drink. Yeah, the blow-ins. Yeah, that's right. Who talks about Lula Max? Um, is it Rick? Yeah, I forget the names. Oh, he's the guy who came onto her, isn't we, we he? We got th- three guys from the bureau. One of them standing in the water, and the other two actually talking a lot about the guy standing in the water that they're just. Uh, <laughs> On the left hand side in the top of the of that little section. Mm. Kate says it's the most chill place along the echo. She doesn't even she says she doesn't even blow a horn. She says something about this stop is like wax in the ear when it comes to timetables and responsibilities. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but I re- I really like mm. this. <laughs> Like wax in the ear when it comes to timetables and. And this is when you figure out or you find out that that Conway has fully resigned to his fate. I mean, the the talks you have yeah, with him there yeah, is uh, yeah some some yeah. sobering stuff. Not for Conway though, because he's really drunk. But yeah, 
the, yeah, uh, he's fully acceptance of what's going yeah, to happen to him yeah. for sure. It, yeah, there's actually, a there's a great line there as well. You're speaking to him as well, and you're talking to him about is uh, about various the drinks. I think they keep talking about mai tais there, don't they? Everybody is drinking yeah. these mai tais. Flower drink, he says. Yeah, a yeah, a real session. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I wrote that down. So I, I like that. It's a good one to use. Yeah, it's a, a, a real session drink. Mm. <laughs> is that what Conway says? Is it Conway? It's Conway that says that. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't remember if that's what he's drinking or if he's drinking something different because he says something along the lines of basically, oh, you know, I, I don't have time for that. I've, I've basically I've, I've had to choose a real session drink for tonight. I like that. It's like spoken like a true alcoholic who drinks all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only four percent it's a proper session drink i've had 15 of them yeah <laughs> brilliant yeah when we go to round him up actually we're told to go and go and fetch him because it's it's time to go and when we do he's surrounded by it's the first time i'd seen people from the distillery in this act actually yeah uh, i forget who we're controlling at this point it might be shannon i can't remember um, but he's conway surrounded by um, three of the skeletons, and they're all sitting there drinking with him. Yeah, we are controlling so Shannon, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, it's a Shannon. So, so they're they're everywhere here, and they're they're surrounding him. Uh, he doesn't seem particularly worried about it. As Mads has said, he's very he's very acceptant. Yeah. Uh, so we're then back on the river. Uh, more stories from Will. Scene four uh, was the the phone. I've got the raft, isn't it? The the it's a it's a kind of phone on the raft where people are queuing to listen to their messages. Mm, so I yeah. didn't see this one. I stayed on the ship here. Okay, so you I stayed as well because you got the chance. It said you could go and see what Blue and Valkyrie, the other dog, were That's up to. Ah, so yeah, I said, oh, yeah, yeah I, I was. Okay. I definitely need to go and see that. But and they were up it's to literally nothing. about. A th- it's like a so, three-second scene. Yes. It basically just cuts to the boat, and you see the two of them sat there curled up sleeping, yes. and then it goes on <laughs> to the next one. I felt, oh I felt cheated. <laughs> I definitely felt... Yeah, you, even I felt cheated. I was like, oh, come on, you could, do, you could do a bit better than that. So did no one choose the card game in this one, then? No. Oh, okay. So Is it a card game? So, Slay the Spire? No, no. Do you know, so I was at this point, I was Snap. at my lowest with the game, I think. I was just desperate for, like, just to, for a bit of... Gaminess. So, you, so which point Jim, was this? you chose a card game. You. Yeah, I chose a card game. Yeah. <laughs> so That's Jim, what it's so done to you. Was, so you'd you'd missed the rum colony. You'd stayed on. You'd watched the video about. You'd watched the, some of the videos. Yeah. And then at what point did you get offered the card game? Then? So scene four, a phone. Um, I get offered. Uh, there was two choices. I can't remember what the other choice was, but I chose to play the card game. Um, so was that stay on the boat? I stayed on the boat. Yeah, yeah. To to do oh, the you, card you game. You missed a lot. I mean, maybe that's why this uh, this possibly act wasn't so good for you. <laughs> Possibly, because my notes, I've got... And Eddie says, no, no, I didn't miss anything and I hated it. (laughs) I'm reading my notes, I've got more nonsense. Ezra draws draws a card and you have three options. Chris, can we fire these two guys, please? (laughs) So I took a picture of, of... like the, the the clip that you get thinking, oh, right, I'll play a card game or something. Give me something. And so you've got Kate talking... And they're talking while you're playing playing cards, and then Ezra draws a card. So you get this. There's three three options: um, nine grey feathers, seven blue petals, three deep breaths, eight white doves, five slow hours. That's one of your choices. Your second choice is nine grey feathers, seven blue petals, three white doves, eight deep breaths, five slow hours, or you can pass. 
And at this point, I was just like, you know what? I'm, just, I'm, <laughs> I've had, I'm, I'm had it. <laughs> Give me Slate the Spire. And it's called it's called the Forgetting Game. <laughs> this card game. You didn't expect a proper mechanical actual card game in this game, did you? Yeah, I, you yeah, played I thought, hours of it. Yeah, already. I know. I thought we might get something similar to um, when we were Xanadu with, like, you know, with this little fake. Um, Text adventure. Mm, yeah, this fake fake text yeah. adventure or something. Um, no. And then, yeah, then you go off with Kate to, to look for mushrooms. <laughs> so, so in... That's interesting because that scene for me came later. We'll come on to that in a sec. Um, okay, so so on, on the raft then. So I was the only one who stayed, who got off the boat here? Sounds like it. So you guys. Uh, which one's this? Sorry, for Chris. This is for. So this is on the raft with the phone. Yeah, I didn't know, so I stayed on. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So what happens here is you have a. It's 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 a cue for people who are, who are invited to listen to uh, answer phone messages. I don't know what technology it is. It's almost like they they can dial into their answer phone to listen to their messages. Um, Conway is completely self-destructive here. He can't stand the queue, so he swims. He says he's going to swim back to the boat to go and find some booze. Uh, <laughs> I missed all this. He's gone. It's Con- Con- Conway's like you here, Jim. He's gone. <laughs> he is completely self-destructive, so he's swimming back to the boat. The rest of them are queuing for this, for this, uh, for this phone. The real. Um, the the real there's a couple of things here. One of them is that we realise Clara's got a terminally ill uncle, uh, who she was very close to, who she feels very guilty about not seeing. Uh, he's he's dying, uh, and she she hasn't seen him. And his, I think her sister is a uh, is putting the heavies on her in a message saying that you should really come back and see him. Uh, again, it, it's one of those things that you learn, but because we've only just got to know Clara, I felt like am I supposed to feel something here, and I didn't. We get to know Kate is a doula and barely misses a birth. Okay. Um, there's a little bit of explanation about the characters. But the biggest thing here is that is when Will calls his answer phone, we get some actual voiced telephone messages. And what I found out later is that these are messages that people who actually called the number from the interlude actually left have been uh, put into the game. And you get some really funny things about, you know, the people holding snakes or saying they're holding snakes, they're holding snakes and their first <laughs> memories and why they can't sleep. Some are only about three seconds long. There's one that's about two minutes. Uh, people from all over the world, different accents. It's pretty cool. Nice. Um, it doesn't tell us anything about the plot, no, of no. course. Um, I need to see this. And, the, and we get some explanation of Ezra as well, who's a really tragic character. Um, he was abandoned at a bus stop by his parents who were in debt and couldn't afford couldn't afford to keep him uh, and you know, Willen uh, is talking to I think Junebug about him and he says that he's more at home down here than most of us uh, he's actually quite quite tragic Ezra it's the one bit that really did make me make me feel a little bit so that's that about the phone on the raft the next stop I had, the next scene I had was scene five, the Radvansky Centre. Yep. Did anybody get anything different here or did anybody not see the Radvansky Centre? 
Me. I went. <laughs> Jim, what did you see? Jesus Christ, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> he just slept in his cabin the whole way down the river. Yeah. No, I'm not did you see any of this? <laughs> Wake me up when we're there. <laughs> <laughs> I went in the grove. So my, yeah, my, my next yeah, scene yeah. was at a grove. Okay. So you didn't see the Ravansky Centre. but the, Mads and, and Andy, you've seen the Ravansky Centre. Yes. So we learn quite a lot. So this is probably the biggest bit of story, like proper story we get that ties into the rest of the game in this whole act. Does anybody want to go explaining what happens at the Ravansky Centre? I think I need Should to explain I... to me, please. So go for okay. it. <laughs> so Ravansky Centre, we are... Um, there is... The, we, the scene is observed through the eyes of two people, Mimi, Mimi and Jen, who are watching some old CCTV footage. So the game goes into the future here. Mimi and Jen are in the future watching CCTV footage of our group in the past when they stopped at the Ravansky Centre. Now, it seems that yeah, when they got they're to They're doing this, it because it's their job. And, and these are actually really, really old footage that they found in a box somewhere yeah. so that they're supposed to be cataloging. And this is this is very old, so it's using the old technology that they didn't have before, so they need to manually yeah. go all the way through this. So, again, there's, there's this whole uh, archival thread about preserving yeah, stuff. And pres- and, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's what they're doing. They're archiving this... They've got their their jobs is really boring. They've got to go through every single one of these tapes uh, and basically watch them to see if there's anything interesting. Yeah. And when we join them, they found this really old CCTV footage of our group's visit to the Ravansky Center. And it seems that when they got there, they they had to or they volunteered to take part in some kind of questionnaire, yeah. kind of thing, some kind yeah. of study mm. yeah. that they did. And off, out of that, we get to hear about Weaver Marquez because when they realise that Marquez is Shannon's name, they're watching Shannon complete this questionnaire and they say, ah, Marquez. One of them says, I, re- I recognise that name. She says, I worked or she knew of a lady called Weaver Marquez who worked at a community TV channel. Yeah. Um Back in the day, so again, this is this is way in way, way in the future of, of what this stuff happened. Over the course of this scene, we get to hear about more about Weaver. Apparently, she left in strange circumstances. She was there one minute, and then she wasn't the next. And then there was this flood. There was this flood on the Echo River. We we hear about this quite a few times in various stops. It seems to suggest that Weaver somehow had something to do with this flood, or in some kind of supernatural way may have may have caused it. Um, this community in broadcast channel WEPT TV was set up by Consolidator Power because they were forced to do it almost as a community service because they own too much of everything. So they own too much of everything. So they were made. I don't know by whom, but they were made to set up this community broadcast channel. Um, one thing I noticed here is that Weaver uh, Shannon has a very feminine walk. Anyone? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swings. It, she definitely swings her hips she while she walks. Swinging <laughs> hips, I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Never noticed it before, but I certainly noticed it this time. Um, 
Yeah, there's even talk about they talk about this. This footage was taken before the CD players came came into existence. Mm. So we're talking about really old kind of media here. Um, again, I've got a note here. When is this set? I have I have no idea. Um, I'm just reading through my notes to see if there's anything else. So there's uh, the, the, the little subplot about the cat because one of the one of the women Mimi I think it is uh, working there talks about ah this is about the time when uh, our cat disappeared yeah. and it turns out yeah. that the, the cat actually leaves with us and it jumps into right. the the little dinghy that we are rowing around in yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and did you get did you get did you get that um, Mimi tells the story about her boyfriend who died in the last yeah. year of college yeah. yeah so and the boyfriend turns out to be so she tells the story about a boyfriend who went home during the last year of college and died suddenly in a freak accident when he fell from his yes. parents roof yes. so that's yeah. the son yeah. of uh Lysette. Yeah. Lysette. how it all so yeah. jim's thinking oh god it all it's all coming together mm. and i missed yeah. it i know i'm just lucky because i took some pictures of some of the dialogue so did you get so the picture I've got here, so the main character's working... This is when you're on the river. The main characters work in the gift shop, their co-workers, Mimi and Jen. Mimi is older than Jen, but they seem to be at the same point in their lives. They like their work. They have a playfully antagonistic relationship with their boss. I actually I only seen. read a bit from the middle. And then you get a couple of choices. Mimi confides in her friend about a traumatic event from her past. Jen reminisces about a cat she'd lost track of. The two had cause to reflect on the history of their work together. Mm. So it's like the characters are totally different to what, what you've seen. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? But the it? two first the dialogue yeah. options you had there, that, that was some of the stuff that we talked about. You talk about the, the cat that yeah. went missing in the, and we talk about the, her traumatic experience would be that their, the boyfriend fell down from the roof. And of course, the boyfriend is, is the son of the, I forget his name, but the owner of the, um, the antique shop that uh, Conway was working for because that's what he's yeah. been talking about. Earlier. But I don't, re- I don't remember anything about security cameras. No, so you, you just got parts of the story i guess yeah yeah and i think then i i think i chose about the cat but i never heard anything from about jen and mimi on the river having nope. seen this bit nope. in the rovansky center certainly not that i can remember nope. anyway huh. weird um just more about weaver so she says that when weaver stopped heading up to the tv station uh, she was an archivist there and we know that her parents were archivists as well yep. when she stopped heading up she started staging these interventions They'd started getting these interventions, loads of them over many years, about how all of a sudden there would be uh, an intervention in the broadcast. And that reminded me that when Shannon said that she'd seen Weaver, it was actually Weaver staging an intervention when Shannon was watching this public service channel. Yeah. Hmm. So that's how Shannon seen Weaver, and Weaver had been doing that for years. Yeah. And then she said that the last thing ever broadcast was one of these clips. And that's when the flood happened. Is the flood in the future from when we are? Are we, are we going yeah, to see the flood be. in Act 5? Don't know. Could but be. with that, because we see all the miners' helmets in the next, in a couple of scenes' time, we do we see that? Yeah. We see that in a minute, yeah. We see yeah. that in a minute. Yeah, it's quite a powerful, quite a powerful moment in a minute. The Which final is... thing we see... Sorry, Hughes. Yeah, no, I was going to say that would suggest that the, the flood's already happened, would it not? So we talk about the flood. Oh yeah, the flood in the mine, of course. 
I was thinking, I was wondering whether it was a different flood, but you're quite right, of course. There, was, there has already been a flood in the mine in, in our time frame, mm. for sure. Mm. Yeah, maybe you're quite right. But there seems to be some suggestion that Weaver had some kind of supernatural involvement in the flood. Um, the final thing we see is we, we see the CCTV camera of the uh, the jetty where they're getting back on the boat. Conway's surrounded by distillery people here. I mean, they're everywhere. Uh, and it's apparent that I think he says at this point, "Could you, could you, can you not see them?" Uh, and we see the we see the cat leaving with them, as Mads has already said. So this is quite long. I mean, I think this whole section took about twenty minutes or so. Um, could it was be quite a long one. Yeah. Time just flew. So yeah, you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I mean, there's there's not a single part of this act that I didn't enjoy. Mate. Interesting. Yeah, I yeah I thought it was a little bit overlong. Is is my kind of feeling yeah. of it? But it, at least it was interesting to get some stuff about Weaver, uh, one of the more yeah. And characters. I think for you know for somebody like me who's kind of just struggling to keep pace with the game and just struggling with some aspects of the game, what I did like about this act particularly was um, you know there was these um, really kind of. Um, very or very sort of obvious references to events that we'd had earlier in the game where you thought right we are we are still playing the same game here and it is all still part of the same story um i did like those bits and you thought and it, it did keep thinking maybe this will be the point at which you know the penny drops but um not yet yeah oh got it i've missed out on some of this <laughs> yeah so i mean Jim, that's, that is a reasonable about yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people. I definitely like with this. I need it spelling out for me. <laughs> yeah, likewise. I'm exactly. reluctant yeah. to say. Um, I'm reluctant to say that it's it's unmissable, but in the context of the game, yeah, probably probably pretty key. <laughs> I mm. would have thought. Never mind, Jim. It's always YouTube. Don't worry. Or you can just listen to what we're saying. Yeah. And then you get some sense. <laughs> so the next scene then is your grove, Jim. And yeah. this is probably the only one you got off for, isn't it? Yes. Uh... <laughs> Can you remember what happens? Pick a mushroom for Kate, Ezra and Kate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You've seen this, didn't He's you? He's like yep. one of those cruise ship uh, attendants that just stay on the ship <laughs> all oh, we're at a <laughs> bar. No, I'm just going <laughs> to stay here and sleep it up. Maybe go to the bar. <laughs> yeah. Goes on holiday and looks for an English pub yeah, to get his exactly. steak, steak, egg, and chips each night. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed this. Apart from Kate tries to offer uh, Ezra, so I, I quite like Ezra. Um, got, yeah, got a lot of yeah. time for Ezra. Uh, she tries to offer him a death cap mushroom. Yeah, yeah. Did you? It was interesting that you get the double track story. Yes, wasn't it? Yep. You get yeah, the two columns that you can kind of advance, sort of in parallel with, with one another. It's quite. Quite interesting and cool the way the way they do that. One is Clara's sto- uh, Kate's story of uh, losing a baby, isn't it? She lost a baby. Yeah, um, it's quite sad actually. Uh, and and Ezra, I think it's Ezra and his parents. Is it? I think there's a story about Ezra and his parents. Yes, um, yeah. I think he has a flashback to seeing himself in the family car, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So this is the monument which nobody can remember what f- what to. X plus zero forever. Yeah, this I think someone says, doesn't it? Nobody can remember why this grove was planted. Why is why it's here in the cave? Um, you see the Iron Pariah. Yeah, you get to see the Did ghost see ship. Yep. Mm. the ghost ship, the, the old battleship. Yeah. 
yeah. which is um, over, which is completely now overrun by yes. cats. Yeah, making a, a horrendous racket as it goes past. It's, <laughs> it's quite creepy. Yeah. I, I'm, there's a line here, and I can't remember who said I've not got a note, but they say more mysteries. They do pile up over time as more people forget the details. How true is that? Mm. Hmm. About mystery, about things that happen in 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 life. Yeah, uh, I enjoy, I enjoyed it pretty yeah. pretty much from here onwards. I think. Okay, it's definitely you started getting off the boat. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think. I mean, I actually don't. I don't think you have any option on the the, the later scenes, do you? I think you have to get off because it's all pretty. Um, I think you can get on and off right up until you get to Sam and Ida's place. But you can't miss these. The central exchange, can you? Yeah. Oh, can you can. You? And Jim probably oh. did. No, no, I did. I enjoyed this. You, you meet um, a couple of like you have some good conversation here. You meet a couple of interesting characters, don't you? Yeah. The, this um, is also where. Um, okay, well, let's let's get on to what happens then. Um, so, yeah, next scene: Echo River Central Exchange. Uh, Shannon is um, as asked by Kate to go and deliver a package. Uh, quite right, Kate can't do it herself, I don't know. But she sends Shannon off to deliver a package. Uh, the Echo River Central Exchange is now called Consolidated Auxiliary Switch Number 30. <laughs> and because the uh, Consolidated Power Company have taken over, of course they have, they've taken over the, the Central Exchange and have, yeah, by and large, I think the feeling we're supposed to get is that they've ripped the soul out of it, they've dehumanised it, they've automated it. Well, not completely. Um, they're trying to no. automate it, mm. aren't they? Well, because at the last bastion of humanity is there in the cave, still running the the exchange. Yeah. Uh, I can't I can't remember her name now, but she's down there, isn't she? Man of the phone. Uh, yeah, but she's not speaking to anybody anymore. Normally, she'd be uh, no, they'd be calling not. in and asking for Poppy. an extension. She'd be passing them through, but now she just uh, pulls uh, pulls out the cables and plugs them into other other holes. That's, That's all. right. Yeah. So she and, and she yeah, says she something copied. depressing along the lines of it that it was cheaper just keeping her around instead of actually uh, automating the process. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, Poppy, isn't it? We have actually kind of skipped on a little bit here. Before that, we we're in the boat, aren't we? Going through the the what do they call it? The bat. Hang on, I've got this written down. The hibernaculum, the hibernaculum, and you're told to is, uh, to be careful with the bats, and if a bat attacks, you do something. So I was waiting for those bats bats to attack the entire time. Yeah. they never do, do they? Yeah, because no. the boat doesn't move because you've got you've got the lights back in. You can switch yeah. your torch on and off. Yeah, but your your boat doesn't move while your torch is switched off. Nope. So, yeah, out of interest, have you guys? Uh, any point since that very first minecart journey where you switched your torch up and you saw things that we, I think myself and I can't remember who else didn't, uh, is that still the case? No. Are you seeing things when you switch the no. torch off? Or was I, it was, just no. I was trying blank? to switch it off all the time because I was thinking the yeah. same thing, but uh, nothing. Yeah, nothing it just goes pitch okay. black, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah that's and that, but yeah, mine's always done that the, mm. the whole way through the games. Yeah. yeah. There's distillery people here along the river, yeah. we see them rowing past it's quite it's quite it's, it's quite quite funny actually they're just rowing slowly past looking at conway as if to say you're yeah, you can always Mark, my yeah, son yeah 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 know, conway is uh is is either ignoring them or or is happy that that they're there we do see the memorial here to the miners who died at the elkhorn mine yep. um it's quite moving mm. 
you know, there's, it's quite it looks quite sad with all the helmets yeah. there mm. piled up. It's quite an eerie boat ride, I thought. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it is. It's really good this bit, and you know, and then we get the bat noises, which which ties back to the interlude and the the the, the section about bat noises on that. It's really, I really enjoyed this yeah. bit. This whole, you and know, so it, much has tied back into the interlude already when you get it to does this. almost yeah. all of it. Yeah, and it also, all, yeah, where there was Sorry, the um, yeah, just where there's the shrine to the miners as well. There's the plaque on it, which was um, it's very sort of. Um, it references what we were talking about back at the start then it says the um they blame the power company uh for trading off um safety against the safety of the miners against the profits and it got obviously all the stuff that we we're talking back in the very first episode yeah 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 that's right just after we meet poppy and we i've got poopy in my notes so it was poppy <laughs> wasn't, it definitely wasn't poopy was it um when we got so when we meet poppy and we have the conversation about the telephone exchange all of a sudden, there are distillery people in Conway's boat. Now, I thought the choice here... So, it all happened very quickly, this for me. But as we go to kind of... As, as you're controlling um, Shannon, and you go to get back in the boat, Conway's there, he's got people from the distillery with him. I thought the choice was for Conway to get off the boat or go with them to the distillery. There's like a skull and crossbones, I think. Now, I I panicked because I thought this was something I had to do very quickly and didn't really think about it. And Conway disappears with with the people from the distillery. Did you, What did you guys think? Because it, it, it isn't actually... That is not the choice that you have. So he, okay, so... The choice is whether or not you take the dog. Yeah, yeah. So I've got... I never thought I could choose whether he went with them or or not. Okay. No. Oh well, I just completely got mm. that wrong. So you you knew at that point he was yeah. going. So I didn't get my choice until later on. So I've got my. I emerged from a tunnel. Conway goes off on the boat, and I spoke with Flora and Deshiel. Yeah. Shannon asks about uh, the WEVP, the TV station. That's right. Dash tells her yeah. to talk to to them directly. So we need to go to the get the ferry to the silo. Uh, then we've got Abel and Eloise, these carrier pigeons um, on top of a column. Spoke with Poppy about her role in the exchange. And then I got a choice between a school and a back sign. Okay, so this is where, yeah, this so this is what I had. And I chose the school. So I chose the back sign. And, and Conway happened? gave me a little bit of dialogue, which I've got somewhere. And he, he basically says, watch where you're going. Um, so you can deliver the package or something, because mm. you you say, say you're going to deliver the package for Conway now. Yeah. Does he say that to Shannon then? Yeah, yeah, he said that to Shannon. Yeah, he said, oh, mind, "Mind your foot in and mind your feet and watch where you're going or something." And then he drifts off. Yeah. Okay, so I just drifted off. He just didn't say anything. He just disappeared, and it was like over in about th- th- five seconds. Yeah. I got this choice, and then he'd gone, and I was like, "What?" Is he gone? Is he dead? Like, he's the protagonist. What is going on? Well, he can still be in the next act. He's just uh, working for the Hard Times Whiskey Company now. Yeah, maybe. Let's see. Maybe. We don't see him again in this nope. act. No. Nope. So what happens to the dog, then? Does the do- is, the- is the dog with him? I don't know, because someone mentions that, I think. When you go back, I think sh- someone asks what's going to happen with the dog. Yeah. When you go to Sam and a- Ida's, somebody asks yeah. about the dog. 
Okay. I'm sure they do. Man, I feel like this whole thing, it just, I just, yeah, I, I really wanted to kind of know, you know, what's happened to Conway, you know, did I, could, did I have a choice? Could I have stopped that happening? I'm kind of glad I didn't have a choice. I think I it's, I don't think it, you can. Sh- Given the, Junebug, are they talking about being able to? Uh, is that when he's talking to the dog and seeing it? Um, you've got the option of you can decide where you, where you'd put them, basically, and, and you can decide that they would either sit next to him or curl up at his feet in the sidecar and stuff like that. Hmm. I think yeah, that was a conversation I ended up having. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It just yes. felt like a lot happened in a very short space of time around this point. I think so, <laughs> It's good and it's quite dramatic, you know, and and that's a good thing. But I uh, I just felt like I was making decisions that I didn't really understand kind of what I was doing and I was pressing buttons without really thinking, oh, God, I need to do something and let's just, yeah, not think about it. And I thought, I've, I've killed him. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's the point, is it? You know, the point is not whether Conway stays or goes. It's I think, yeah, it wasn't an emotional uh, departure for me. Then, well, anyway. that's the thing. No, I think this is it. That's part of it is that... Uh, the point at which, obviously, as we're into the next scene, you realise that there was the case that, that he's gone. But I wasn't particularly bothered either way, to be honest. Um, no. I think literally the only characters that I am invested in at the moment are Ezra and uh, and the dog. I think they're the two that I really like the most. So we haven't had any agency yeah. over Conway in this act anyway. No, so it, it was no. kind of happening slowly anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah, Even in Act Three, he was a diminishing force as well as a playable That's character, true. really. But then so we happened for a but while. then we had that little uh, dream section where we saw him, um, and the and the child that, that fell from the roof. You know where he was. He was sat having breakfast, and so it kind of it kind of led you along that path, didn't it? To feel like he was the I focal point, it, or it did me anyway. The game definitely starts off as Conway's story. There's not, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And no, you wonder whether not. it was it's something which evolved over time as they went on or whether they always had this plan in their heads to take it in this direction. Because he becomes marginalised gradually, I think, ever fr- right from the start, gradually becomes less prominent, which makes me think it was by design rather than just a kind of happy accident of seeing where it ends up. Hmm. Interesting that you say the kid who fell from the roof was a child. I, I also got that impression, but he obviously wasn't. He was a university-aged yeah, yeah. kid. I thought uh, of him as a child as well. Yeah, me too, yeah. yeah I've got a note mm. on that. Um, so the next scene then is at Sam and I. There's some, um, this is a um, this is like a cafe slash, you know, obviously some sort of very famous place along the Echo somewhere where apparently the, the the mucky mammoth always stops and they go and have some breakfast. So starting to think this must be kind of now four-ish in the morning, four or five in the morning. Uh, it, it's still very early. It's dark, of course. It's dark. We're in a cave. It's always going to be dark. Uh, but they stopped the Salmonidas for breakfast. Great graphics here. Um, Shannon is... Um, we... we Shannon says very early on, does the group are all sitting upstairs already there having breakfast. Shannon joins them. She says Conway's gone. Uh, now, there's a funny thing here with Ezra and Johnny. They're playing a grabber machine. Yeah. Do you guys see yeah. this? Yeah. yeah. And you you can take control of Ezra, and I managed to pick up these headphones. Mm. Oh, nice. I tried to get a cowboy hat, but failed. Yeah, I went so, for the headphones. 
So he got the headphones and then they dropped. And um, Ezra says, uh, Johnny says to him, house always wins except on Tuesdays. Now, apparently, if you're playing this on a Tuesday, you keep the headphones. Really? Oh, Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I was playing on a Wednesday. Got it. Day late. A day late. Yeah, Yeah, apparently that's the thing. Yeah, the game changes. If you're playing on Tuesday and you get a different line of dialogue saying, oh, as it's Tuesday, you win. The house wins on every other Mm. day. Yeah, no, I enjoyed that. Nice little sound effects, isn't it? And then you're uh, you're moving it, moving the uh, the claw along, like left a bit, so, right a bit. So this, oh, was this was your game. This was it. This was it. I was I was happy. I got a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had your <laughs> yeah. you had seven moves, I think, didn't you? And yeah. I told you it was it was in the back right or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then I was like Sid from Toy Story when it dropped the headphones. This. <laughs> <laughs> There's a funny thing here. Ezra isn't eating. Do you notice he's hanging out with Johnny the android and he's not eating either? Makes me wonder, you know, is Ezra an android too? Is he becoming one? I don't know. He's very he, he's very sort of pale. He's got very sort of like ghoulish coloured skin. Yeah, I think so. There's definitely something. Is he a ghost? Could be. Yeah. Um, so did you get the I, uh, choice whether you can Ezra yeah. can stay with Johnny and Junebug? Yeah. Yeah. Did, I said he was going back to the museum. Did you yeah. I I to, told him to stay with Johnny and Junebug. Yeah. That's what I went for as well, yeah. I, uh, he, my my Ezra wanted to go back to Julian and the museum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I mm. said as well. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure whether it'll have any I doubt it will. The the story's very mm. linear. But uh yeah, that's definitely my uh yeah, there's a table of half-eaten food here, which is left as a um, left as some kind of memorial, isn't it, to people? No, who, it's it's for inspiration. Been... It's because That's yeah, right. she, she can't. So she uh, she can't remember the menu, can she? That's right. She was asked to cook to keep people yeah. sat at the table, and she. I, I enjoyed this. But this there, bit, there are yeah, two reasons. Um, they have different reasons. I mean, Sam's reason for yeah, keeping well, it there is. I thought this was great. Right, I like this. Yeah, it jogs his yeah. memory because he talks to those That's two right. divers, and they tell him all kinds of tales about different places they've been and yeah. different creatures Where they've yeah. seen. Fish. And and he he kind of remembers that evening by looking at the meal, and then he figures out, ah, I want to try to go there, and then goes diving that's it but then he's worried so, about if there's a lie there yeah exactly if, if they were just yeah. telling tall tales <laughs> that's it yeah because yeah. yeah. the restaurant was kind of on hard times wasn't it and yeah he burst into the kitchen and basically said to her the two divers that were there they've they've ordered everything on the menu mm. and then she so she came out and then realized that, that wasn't the case and she thought that he'd basically done it i think or that my reddit that he'd done it to try and put her under pressure and just to inspire to start kind of almost rediscover a mojo in the kitchen and just start cooking which she did obviously and just kept coming up with all these amazing dishes these but new dishes yeah, yeah um and obviously then the business thrived as a consequence but then the, yeah. the, his reason for doing it was obviously to sit in the earwig the conversation and yeah get all these all these plum locations for going and catching this stuff which would allow them to get more customers yeah yeah i mean it means nothing in the overall context of the story that we've been experiencing for these you know past how many ever hours but i did actually quite enjoy the the, this whole scene at sam and ida's i like this bit yeah yeah Yeah, it's this warm sense to the environment and this story the way they both recount the different reasons is actually quite cool. Yeah, yeah, it was an interesting story, wasn't it? Yeah, and then at the end, there was a choice where you get offered a drink, 
And then after after, these, after, got, after what's happened with uh, just happened with Conway, I was like, no, I yeah. selected no thanks. It's too too early for that. I did as well. I yeah. did. <laughs> They're talking about. I think one of the party members asked Shannon whether Shannon's going to make the delivery on Conway's behalf. Yeah. We get a couple of choices. Again, it's a kind of a choice how this game, you choose the sentiment rather than a narrative direction. I think you can either say he's my friend or we could have said it's on my way or there's somebody waiting for the antiques. Mm. So again, it feels like you, you're kind of directing almost the scene rather than directing the narrative. Um, I said he's my friend. Yeah, that's what I went for too. Yep, yep. We're all we're all soppy yeah. like that. Yes. <laughs> so we're back on the boat then, continuing our jaunt along the Echo towards uh, the silo, which is where we're going to get off. But we uh, uh, we get the Bed Quilt Ramblers come back, don't we? The yeah. Bed Quilt Ramblers. Yeah. Great song. Been a little, been a while yeah. since uh, they've put in an appearance, but yeah, it was Always good, good to have them back. Yeah. It didn't have the same impact as the first couple act ones no. songs did for me but it was still nice it was nice to hear them no. nonetheless but it wasn't quite as impactful felt a little bit i don't know like tacked on yes you know yeah. what i mean it didn't yeah. really didn't feel like it fit in the context of the scene we'd just seen but it's still always nice to have a bit of a for sure yeah it definitely is life. so the next scene is another musical performance this is clara's gig the scene is called a neighborhood a neighborhood any neighborhood all very uh, generic and nondescript. A neighbourhood, Clara's performance. Any music which involves a theremin, I'm I'm down with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Clara's playing a mm. theremin. I absolutely love the theremin. So I was well pleased with this. I enjoyed this. Yeah, I did. Anyone else got any thoughts on the theremin solo? Not on the solo. Um, just For those the- who'd spent some time on the boats recording sounds, I hadn't done any of that. Could you play some of Ezra's sounds here? No. In their performance? So I only found out about this retrospectively, and I did record some cooking sounds when I was one of the times I stayed on board, uh, but I don't know if I, I just sat and watched it. Because I, I think I've been... It was the same. It almost goes back to when we were in the um, distillery for having just sat here and said one of my main criticisms of the game is that, you know, it's I don't find it game, game-like enough and there's not enough kind of interactions or sort of inputs on your part. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here complaining about that and then at the same, by the same token, I think I, I've missed every opportunity where there is actually some, some opportunity to put some inputs in because there was yeah. one where you were, I completely missed the part where you were supposed to be uh, degaussing in the distillery, yeah. and you could you would you would have met a whole lot of other guys. I, I think so. I definitely recorded some sounds. Like I said, I recorded some cooking sounds. Um, I, I, like you say, when you sat there with the Ezra, I think there was possibly, although I didn't see a prompt on the screen, I think there was probably something that you could be pressing that allowed you to to play these sounds. Play your sounds during yeah. the concert. Yeah, I, so I, I didn't. I just sat and listened to it. Yeah. So I've read that retrospectively as well. That that is. Um, uh, and then I had a bit of dialogue where. Because um, I selected that I wanted Ezra to go with Johnny and Junebug, I had a bit of dialogue where Junebug was chatting uh, with Johnny, and she Junebug doesn't think Ezra stopping them with them it was a good idea, uh, and that they, he was worried that they'd uh, com- he'd complicate their relationship. He mentions that, that um, sorry, Junebug mentions that they've Johnny and Junebug have have sort of grown together. 
and he's like an additional part that wouldn't yeah, fit with yeah. what they've become. Yeah, they say um, they say that uh, Ezra is a person, which obviously debunks my uh, theory from five minutes ago that he's he's not a person. She says he she's worried that he's a person and may upset their system. Yeah, which is this is this again? You were saying earlier about this idea that Johnny and Junebug feel like they for them it feels like a coming of age story. They've you know, there's a lot of talk about them just kind of going with the flow and there's lots of playing and going and doing music. You know, it's almost feel like androids kind of liberating themselves. Yeah, it's like you know, they've escaped from some sort of life of service or some sort of... Exactly. Uh, you know, got moved beyond their programming or something. Whereas for everyone else, it feels like a story of regression, how, you know, the oppression that's put on by these capitalist horrors that they've been subjected to and leading them in one way or the other to... You know, this life of servitude, it feels like the androids, by contrast, are actually coming out of that and going the other way. It's the impression I, I get. Mm. And they're worried, I think, by letting the, a non-android in, whether that would upset, you know, their their progress. Yeah. And at the end of the scene, it sort of pans back like a, like you're watching a play and you can hear someone cough. Oh, I didn't get that. I didn't think I saw that either, no. Interesting. Okay, that's cool. It's it. Yeah. Did not. Did you get that, Mads? I think I did. Yeah. 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 Okay. The world's a stage, Jim. Indeed, it is. So I've got. I've got written down here. It's definitely a play. That wouldn't surprise me. Well, there you go. Empirically said. There you go, people. You hear the. You hear the here first. It's definitely a play. It could be. It wouldn't surprise me if it was. If that's, you know, and also it wouldn't really shock me if that was a reveal at the end. I don't think it will be, but it wouldn't surprise me. This is really the end. The the last, um, we get to the mail stop. Um, scene 11 is the silo of late reflections. Again, I love, I love that, that poetic name of a place. I have no idea what it means, but it's something really poetic about having a late reflection. And that's where we end up. That's the mail stop. They can't get the lorry going. Uh, I, I, I've got notice here. They can't get the lorry going, but then they get the lorry going. Yeah. Who starts the lorry? And can you remember? And I can't. I can't remember. remember. No. The, the the whole thing about the lorry was they got to get it up some stairs. Yeah, just about. To and they can't get the lorry up the stairs. Yeah. Okay, so they could get. Okay, I've got a note to say that they couldn't get it started. Maybe that. Yeah, I think that was the end of the previous scene, and I think okay. at the start of this scene, they're at the bottom of these steps with That's, the truck. Yeah. And they're wondering what's in the truck, aren't they? They won't look. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, and I think one, Johnny says, they talk about this, they say, oh, it's just a bunch of antiques. And Johnny says, antiques are, it's like junk, but people will pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was playing that, I kind of looked around my room at all of this 1990s, 1890s, <laughs> 1990s plastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that remind me of? Yeah. And we're almost there. This is it. This is the last stop. We're leaving the lorry. The the band, which now includes Clara, because she's got off with them. Kate and Will stay on the boat. They're going to carry on on their, doing their thing on the Echo. But our band of merry men and women and robots and children and dogs and cats and parrots and whatever it is, bats, whatever it is, tagging along with us these days, <laughs> the rabble. are almost at Dogwood Drive. As the camera pans up on the final... Uh, scene of the the act we hear some bird song 
which suggests now it's you know it's it would be daybreak if we weren't in the cave. This is a uh, this is this is now coming round to the morning time, and it does feel like that could have been the end. You know, remember four years passed before they released Act Five. They were I remember there being news in the in the gaming press about whether they were even going to release an Act Five. That could have ended the game. Conway kind of meeting his fate and yeah, I don't know. It does conclude with an Act 5. Yeah, looking forward to it. So, so, Chris, you seem to have warmed up to the, the Act a bit. Because, uh, no, no, well, it sounds that way, doesn't it? I, and as I've been talking about it, actually it made me realise that there were lots about it individually that, in hindsight, I, I liked. Mm-hmm. But at the time of playing it, I actually found it quite boring. And wasn't really having fun at all during the course of of. So I'm really having fun with this, mate, because this the tables have been turned. This is completely is is the complete opposite of when we were playing Disco Elysium, because I was I was the same way. I was I was bored playing that game a lot of the time. Sometimes even annoyed at it. But but thinking about it and talking about it afterwards made me see stuff that I that I didn't see before. <laughs> And, and and I've been thinking about again, what is it that makes these gaming experiences the individual experiences that we have? And a lot of it is the, the the preconceptions and the assumptions that we bring and and the mood we bring when we play these games. Because I had a preconception and at least some ideas about uh, Disco Elysium being first and foremost a, a role playing game, which it it is in some ways, but in a kind of limited way for me at least uh, mechanically and I had a, a big assumption uh, which I think the story led me to have about it being a detective story and, and those mm. those two things um, kind of destroyed my experience of playing this game mm. whereas with this game I, I uh, it, it just it just clicks for me I mean I have never been bored I've always uh, enjoyed it even when I've spent half an hour not really understanding anything and I'm just uh, soaking it in <laughs> anyway so may- maybe I had I had a different um, different take on it and I'm, I'm I'm curious as to whether you can articulate what what what's going wrong with your experience of Kentucky Route Zero when you are playing it right now so I've been thinking about this quite hard over the last couple of days and trying to Trying to get straight into my head why I badly want to love this game. I've wanted to play it for years. I've been following these episodes coming out thinking, I love the sound of this game. I've been reading the reviews thinking, this is everything I love in a game. A game that really stirs some emotions, strong narrative. I don't really mind. Yeah, I like visual novels. I've got no problem with playing a game. I'm sitting playing Xenogears and... There's a lot of that which you just sit and watch. No, I've got no problem with any of that stuff. And then really struggling with, well, why don't I like it? And I think I wonder whether, and Mads, you're, you're going to contradict this because you're, you know, you're you're not going to be in this space as well. But when this when this act, just taking Act Four for instance, came out in 2016, you know, that was Donald Trump. I think had just been elected into the White House or had just taken up roost. In the White House, it would have been there or thereabouts, um, or he would have been at least campaigning for the presidency. I can't remember. It, it would have been Trumpism would have been rife in the mm. states. This is, I think, a game about the effects of uh, 
capitalism and modern life, particularly on rural America. I think it's a it's a series of vignettes and a series of messages about how and what capitalism can do to people, how people can get ensnared by debt, how what consequences that has on communities and businesses and people's everyday lives. It feels like a mood piece which probably started as a commentary on the financial crisis and what impact that had. Almost feels like it's morphed into a larger anti-capitalist piece, probably fueled by the Trumpism that was going on. I mean, the guys who made this game are, you know, are pretty serious socialists. And I wonder whether if it, if you're not in there, part of that, you know, if you're not directly affected, aren't living in America, can't feel that swell of political angst that I think they felt when they were making this game. It feels like a mood piece, a window into the mood of America throughout the 2010s. Now, not only are we now after that event, the world hasn't moved on significantly in the last six years in terms of in terms of the political standpoint, but if if your politics if your headspace isn't in that frame of mind for those kind of politics and you're not feeling that harsh political climate when you're playing it for me I think that feels like why I just don't feel it I just don't feel it I don't feel like I'm I kind of understand what the game's trying to tell me and you know all credit to the three guys who've made it you know it's clearly a message a, a story they wanted to tell and they obviously feel very strongly and passionately about it the game isn't making me feel get what it's trying to do but it's not making me feel the way I think that they want me to feel whether that's because my political views aren't, you know, aren't quite aligned with theirs whether it's not because I, I'm not feeling what they would have felt five, eight, nine years ago but it's just I'm just not getting it I don't have enough experience of that in real life to be able to really relate to the feeling and the sentiment behind the game Maybe if I'd played it in 2016 when it came out, having not played the previous act for two years, and really, you know, I can feel Act 4 ruminating in my brain. I've been thinking a lot about it, talking about it now. I think as time goes on, it's starting to kind of maybe connect in dots in my brain. But whilst playing it, I just couldn't wait for it to end. I felt like it was just interminable. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I understand everything you say. Uh, I just I don't feel like I need to be in that mind space that I need to no. because the narrative itself go. gets me there. I mean, uh, the the mm. the wonderful play I forget what it was called right now, but the the stage play in the bar really set the mm. tone for what you just described brilliantly. So I, I'm there because this is this is a narrative that I'm diving into. It doesn't have to tie into the real world in any way for me because they the narrative is so strong. So 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 mm. I'm, I'm completely there. Yeah. What about you guys, Andy and Jim? I think for me, the, going into the final act. Yeah, I'm not sure where we um, where where the story's going. Um, I don't it, think it matters. At this no, point. probably not. Probably thing. not. Um, visually, I, I, I like it. 
the audio is is fantastic and i love some of these like character interactions that that we get now and again some of the stories that these characters have got i think overall it's just for me it's too abstract and at times it it frustrates me because i Mm. i like my games to be a bit more of a game if 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 that makes sense it's yeah um you're looking for some more mechanical payoff yes yeah uh, and even like some of the more uh, story-driven games that we played, like Firewatch, and, and the, the, it felt like there was that there was that that was there. A disco, it felt like that was there. Mm. Uh, so yeah, for me, it's just not it's just not really ticking those boxes in terms of the sort of game that I would typically play. But there are still there are still things in there that I can sort of cling on to and 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 get something from it. Um, I I kind of put myself in the direct. I thought that after Act Three, I thought the the story was going to be about Conway and where Conway was going, and then obviously Scene Four sort of goes off completely differently. Yeah, and, but that that was because of the this this preconceived idea of the story that I thought I was going to get, but obviously I didn't. Um, so yeah. I, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen in in part five, but yeah, well, and I, it's not a game. I don't think I'll. Uh, I won't be coming back to it. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. If you wait, wait, wait to see what act what happens in act five. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, might, might become You've your all time favorite game now, Andy. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah, definitely. But I would just totally echo literally everything that Jim's just said, and uh, so my kind of enjoyment and engagement with this game it's, it's almost like a it's almost like a sine wave I think where each time that I've come to sit down to play this the play session I'm at the top of the curve and I'm like right <laughs> great here we go today's going to be the day and then as that continues I just <laughs> I just find myself all the way and by, so by the time it's finished I'm right down at the bottom and I oh my god <laughs> and I stay there until we come on and talk about it and as we start to discuss things, as we explain things and we kind of flesh out a wee bit, and then come all the way back up to the top again to the point of where I'm at now, where <laughs> you feel motivated and inspired to then go and play the next act. And I, I maybe I just kind of, um, well, either like a, an eternal optimist or just a, a glutton for punishment, I think. But every time I'm kind of, I think, no, the next episode will be the one that does it. And I think for me, uh, I, I think the. The sticking point for me is that if I don't understand something, it makes me very uncomfortable. I don't yeah. like not understanding something because it means that I've missed, or it makes me feel that I've missed something, or that um, that I need to replay something and go back and see it. So I struggle to just kind of then move on to the next part, and probably as a consequence, you end up missing what's happening at that point because you're still thinking about what happened or trying to work out what happened previously. Um, I, I think just in general, whereas, I mean, I think it's probably, we, we've talked about maybe some of the books, some of the, the, the TV programs, films that we like. I think, you know, we've got a lot of common interests, but I think we've got some quite different interests in some of these things as well. And the sort of the, the, the style of writing, um, the, some of the reference there's just there's a lot of it that just it it doesn't do much for me to be honest and mm. you know it's um i can't change that from the point of view that no matter i think how many times how much time i put into this for whatever reason it just it doesn't particularly float my boat this game and i think there's been a few points in it where you've thought maybe it's going to turn off it's going to take a character somewhere that's 
<laughs> you maybe wanted to go or things going to happen. Um, and it just goes off on a complete tangent and blows away any kind of theories or hopes that you had. And maybe that's the attraction and kind of the, the appeal of, you know, some of the aspects of this game. But um, I just like, uh, I just like a story that kind of, that just uh, moves from A to B. Literally, yes, yeah. exactly yeah. that. Yeah, yeah I, I, I like something yeah, that you can start, that. You, you can follow it through and when it finishes, I can then say, yeah, I, I you know, I kind of, I really enjoyed that, and um, but I, I haven't up until this point. I haven't had that experience with this game. Yeah. It's, it's made me wonder if is it is it is it me sort of thing? Just because well, I'm, I'm well, missing, well, missing well, references. And, but this is the whole thing to be. It is, am I, sh- me, am I just like, like completely a shallow gamer? It's not no, popcorn enough and shooting bang enough. And I, I I I don't think there's any need whatsoever to 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 apologise. Or I, I don't see it as any way. Not. I don't see it in, as as anything negative whatsoever. That I'm not enjoying this as maybe some other, pe- yeah. maybe as some of you guys are, or as some other people who play this. It's just kind of like I say that is for me that is almost like the whole point of this podcast yeah. is, yeah, is to play these games. And it's like I even if I come away from this saying I really didn't like that, I still see that as a positive thing because fine. it's you you kind of you've you've finished a game that you normally wouldn't have even played in the first place or that you wouldn't have stuck with. But it also like I say, it's almost like when you mess up something at work or you know when you any sort of failures or anything that doesn't work out it gives you a chance to reflect on and think well why didn't it work out why didn't i like it and you know there's there's as much value and kind of interest in that as there is in just sitting there and just watching something you know kind of open mouth and then finish it like finishing it and think that was amazing that's one of the best things ever not everything will be that way and it's sometimes good if it's not so it's good that we've put you guys out of your comfort zone so totally, just, yeah, just yeah, to yeah, that's it. There, so I'm, I'm probably yeah, I'm just considering right now picking her story for my next games just to keep you there, way out of your comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I um, now for something completely yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. Do you play that, Chris? Great. By the way, I say I'm I'm all for it. Okay. No, I've got I've got it. I own it on two platforms. Yeah, never supposedly it's it. really good. My my oldest played yeah. it. She loved it. Yeah, but, Sambalo, um, yeah. I mean, I know we kind of talk about off recording and stuff as well, but the last thing I want to do is particularly, you know, when it's not, I mean, we'll wait and see. I may well end up hating one of my game picks further down the way, but the last thing I ever want to do is just to like to kind of like to come on the recording and almost just like be a kind of like a Debbie Downer on a game that somebody's picked. I, I think, you yeah. know, we can kind of, we can say, as long as we're sort of trying to say what it is that we, we don't yeah. like about something, then that's as much, you know, um, that's just how, how, you know, it's just. The uh, how, how you feel about something. Yeah, it's important to be able it's to okay critique to, stuff. There's, okay. there's no no worries there. Yeah. And uh, you you it's two are outside okay of your like comfort stuff. zones, but I will definitely be that when the for the next game. So no worries there. <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine I picked it. So it's, uh, the, no the, ironic, the ironic thing is, Matt, you're going to love the next game. It's purely narrative. Mm, okay. Or it's uh, the next game is is if you look at it, it's described as an interactive movie. That's until dawn okay. for people who haven't been. But, but it'll be trying to scare me, Chris. So. I, I don't like being scared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is it. It's it just scare you the way a 1990s slasher film okay. will scare you. Oh, it's just a proper popcorn game, <laughs> so it'll be... Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you, you say that. That's what I've read, though, is it did, there's lots of very different narrative threads okay. for that game. Yeah, I think it should be quite interesting from that perspective, yeah. Should be a, we should all have a, a different version of events, yeah. But it, it is okay not to like stuff. That is, of course, a message, it is. You know, of very course it is. Yeah. Founding principle of this podcast is nobody should feel embarrassed 
to say that they don't like stuff. And sometimes you just don't like stuff because you just don't like it. Yeah. And that's yeah. fine. If you can articulate why you don't like it, even better. But, you know, yeah, look, it's art. And some people just don't like stuff. And it was fine for Mads not to like Disco Elysium, however wrong he was. <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> fine for him to not like. And as much as I want to love Kentucky Route Zero, I just don't. I don't love it. I'm not sure I even like it. But it does make me think, even if it doesn't make me feel. So at least it's got that. And I yeah. may come out of Act 5 thinking, I'm changed. Yeah, yeah. I've changed my mind. Really looking know. forward to that. But you know what? Irrespective of whether or not my opinion changes or our opinions change, it, it, it's a game that, you know, maybe if it wasn't for this podcast, three or four, three or so the four of us may have even not seen through. And I'll yeah. be glad when we yeah, get to the end of it that yeah. we did see it through. And from what I've read about Act 5, and particularly the interlude before it, is it's it's the best of Kentucky Route Zero. Mm. Sounds so, good. And it's a lot shorter as well. It's more akin to kind of the first, so it's about an hour long. Which, to be honest, I think my problem with, with, with these last two is that they've just been too long. There's mm. too many words. I find it just gets a bit boring. Um, Act, one, Act 5 is a lot tighter and shorter, which I think will serve it well. Anyway, it's time for bed. Yeah, we've been waffling so, on for so long, as usual. We've been wa- waffling on. And this I'm is this is remarkably on. short, given what it could have been for the uh, the amount of stuff we could have talked about. So we almost almost managed to two hours. I agree, Andy. I completely agree. Thank you, as always, to Jim, Mads, and Andy. Yeah, we'll be back for Act 5. We haven't just summed up our fears. We will defi- we're not going to do a cardboard computer here. We will definitely be back for Act 5. In <laughs> no yeah. five years' time. Um, in five years. <laughs> see, you, see you in 2027. Mm. Um, but no, thank you guys for, for, for joining me. Thank you to the listeners for listening. Thank you to Steve Erickson for our wonderful theme tune. Dean Swain for our amazing covers. Deadlock for continuing to run our site and chasing us and prodding us when we forget to do stuff. <laughs> and um, thank you for Cardboard Computer to making for making a game that we've now spent about eight hours talking about. We've probably spent more time talking about it than we have playing it. Which is, uh, <laughs> yeah. just says something about the quality of what they've done. Gentlemen, to the end we go. Act 5. See you on the other side.
If heaven's not my home, oh Lord, what will I do? Angels beckon me to heaven's open door, and I can feel at home in this world anymore. I have a loving mother. In glory land, and I don't expect to stop until I shake her hand. She's waiting now for me in heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home. If heaven's not my home, oh Lord, what will I do? Angels beckon me to heaven's open door, and I can feel at home in this world. Any. Really?